All right, all right. Welcome back to another OG episode of the Are You Entertained podcast. Hopefully, you guys know the drill by now. We cover music, movies, TV, sports. Um, I'm Trey Lessio of the Dawn of Entertainment alongside the homie, the consigliere, Brandon Ogden. Brandon, how you doing? Good, good. Good, good. We have a shit ton to talk about. Yes, we do. It's going to be a fun one. Um, like I said, we have a ton to talk about. It's going to be fun. This one, I'm not going to lie, might run a little bit longer than normal, so uh, stick with us. Um, thank you for rocking with us. We appreciate you. As always, follow, like, subscribe, retweet, tell your friends, the whole nine. A uh, lot to get to, so let's get right into it. Waste no time. As always, we start off every podcast with our Shoot the Shit segment. Um, any movies, TV shows that you've seen, albums or songs you've heard, or funny stories you'd like to tell since the last podcast. I actually have quite a few that um, have either wrapped up and or started. So I don't know if you want me to get How about it going. you talk through the ones that we don't have shared? Okay. Well, I... Okay, yeah. So you haven't watched Euphoria yet. Not or yet. you it's watched one episode. It's in the queue. Okay. So I'll start with Euphoria. Euphoria ended um, a couple, maybe a few weeks ago. Um, real, I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast. Maybe I've given you, you yeah, know, like updates, yeah. but the the finale, um, one of the most like like it's it's a dark show. It's deeply stylistic, and in terms of like stylistic, when I think stylistic, I think like Adam McKay type movies yep. where um, like Vice and um, what's the other one, The Big Short, yep. where it's about. Like you can pinpoint what it's about down to almost one or two words, but then they use like weird metaphors and different ways to describe things. So I don't know. That's that's kind of how I think. That's what I think about uh, the show Euphoria. It's not Adam McKay. I think it's Stephen or S- yeah, Steve Levinson or something. I don't, I don't know the guy who or Sam Levinson something. He's the creator writer of this show. Um, I think he did a brilliant job. It, it, honestly, this is going to sound corny, but it makes me feel empathy toward the next generation uh, of people in high school. Like we went through shit like like any other high schooler, but I just feel like with social media and the pressure to do drugs, sex, all the shit, it's just like I, I feel I feel for them. And um, it was very like raw and R-rated and real. Obviously, it's probably amped up a little bit for dramatic purposes for TV, but um, I really, really enjoyed it. So um, if you haven't seen that one, go check it out. Uh, Zendaya, I genuinely think, deserves an Emmy. And I would go as far uh, – she definitely deserves an Emmy, but I would even throw – I don't remember the, the actor's name, but the dude who plays Nate, the kind of toxic max- masculinity football player, um, he killed his performance too. So – Highly recommend this one. If you can get past the unnecessary amount of dick in the show, um, <laughs> it's a good show. So check it out. Um, if you're a parent who has kids going into high school, stay away. I don't know. I maybe steer clear. <laughs> this shit might make you a little bit scared. So, yeah, Euphoria was dope. It's definitely going to be on the top 10 list in December for TV shows. Um, City on a Hill, that one is Showtime. Um, I, I, I fair, fairly recently, I got Showtime. I honestly am like, I'm thinking about getting rid of it just because like, I like the shows on them on there, but there's, there's not a show where I'm like, I absolutely need this. I have to watch this city on a hill is cool. I like the premise. It's uh executive produced by 
Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. It's a, a, a crime series in Kevin Boston. Kevin Bacon's in it, right? Kevin Bacon's in it. It's, it's a good show. It just, like, it didn't enthrall me like normal HBO shows do. Uh, but it was good. It was something to watch in between, you know, Big Brother and I think Euphoria was going on when that show was going down. So, I mean, if you have Showtime and you're looking for something to watch, I recommend that. Uh, what else do, do we have in common? Power? Uh, yeah. Power is highly addictive. It's 50 Cent ex- executive produced. Um, it is. It's just. It's a fun show. It's about. I think I've talked about it in the past, but it's about this. Uh, I don't even know what to call him anymore. He's a club owner, but he's corrupt, and he's trying to get out the the game now. Um, it's on its final season. It just the the first episode just premiered for the last season. Really, really good. If do you have Hulu? Not yet, but I think with the Disney Plus. Oh, you're gonna get that. I think I'm gonna do that package. Okay. Um, right now, I know with maybe with Hulu, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. But I don't know if they're gonna pull Power because it's a star show. But right now, it's on Hulu. So if you get a chance, you I feel like you might enjoy that one. So Power. Um, Ozark. Ozark. Yeah, Ozark. I just finished. This isn't a <clears throat> excuse me a new show. Um, this is kind of a show I've been wanting to watch on Netflix, and I finally got around to it. Finally caught up uh, with season two. It is fucking. This is a show you absolutely have to watch. You would love the show. Um, it's Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman killed it as a dramatic actor. Um, he plays the perfect like normal kind of what you would the quintessential like middle class like working dad, but he launders money he's an accountant and shit goes just sideways it's insane beautifully written just a, a great show and i wanted to get it uh, done before we went to the ozark so that's kind of why i go. watched it but so there's the those that i watched so now we we you're into succession yes yeah, so i'm on episode five of season one okay have so, you got to the where i where i we texted about when the little like party kind of underground the only so like the last thing I watched was when they do like the fundraiser. Is that what you're talking about? It's been so long since I've seen uh, season one. But have they gone to like a bachelor party for Tom? No, okay. no, no, no. Okay, this is there. There is one like scene slash joke yeah. that I literally laughed at. I it. I mean, I laugh at shows that are funny, obviously, yeah. but like. It stands out when I'm sitting by myself in my basement and I literally start crying laughing. Yeah. It's just, oh my, there is fucking hilarious. But it's, it's like about, a it's widely about, unique show where it's yeah. like, it's a drama, obviously, but there are parts that are just yeah, fucking there's some hilarious. Good humor. And there's just so many interesting characters. Yeah. Like, and Tom, Tom's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. The brother, I can't remember the name. Roman. Roman is yeah. a fucking weirdo. He's hilarious. He is very weird. Have you ever, have you noticed that he sits in the weirdest positions? Yes. <laughs> yes. I love yes. that quirk for him. He's, yeah. it's great. You said you like Shiv. Shiv I is asked awesome. you who your favorite characters were. You said Shiv and, uh, I can't remember, the, the cousin Greg? Uh, no, the, the dude who's running it. I always forget his name. Oh, Kendall. Name. Kendall. Yep. But I always dope. feel so bad for Kendall. Kendall just, just early keep on. Keep waiting. Man. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> he, he gets so fucked. Oh my god! Like, keep people watching. just fuck with him. Uh, the the brother, the older brother, uh, Connor. Yeah, he's a weird dude. <laughs> Wait so for the, season two, bro. In the fundraiser, he like yells at everybody because the butter's cold. Okay. Like he freaks the fuck out, yeah. and then like ten minutes later, he goes back in, and he's like fucking excellent you guys were amazing <laughs> he like told everyone they were fired because the butter was too cold like yeah. 
So, I just love the premise. Like it's a dysfunctional oh, yeah. family, but it's at the highest level. Like they're yeah. rich and wealthy and don't give a shit. Yeah, it's just, it's it's great. Um, like, do you get what I was? Because when I described the show to you, I said it's like a slow burner. It's something yeah, to watch in the beginning. It's really that slow to, at okay. the beginning, to be honest. Like I, I feel like there's they've showed enough like premise, um, and like <laughs> sort of dysfunction that you kind of get the gist of yeah. it and so i i think it's been an it's been an easy watch so well, far the only thing i don't like one it feels like i'm not sure what the time frame it feels like it's not super like i think it's like current I, if like i think that's what they're going for but it doesn't look current to me i don't know like the way they dress something like i just, think it I feels think old the i think that is on purpose to show how wealthy and white they are okay i think the fact that they're all white, because they definitely are, um, I think that's, I don't know how to exactly describe it, but that's like a, like a, not a metaphor, but like that's showing where America is at right now and they need more diversity, right. if that makes sense. But that, and then the only other thing I don't, I don't really care for the opening credit, like the theme song Are you kidding stuff. me? No, like the piano is no, the so pian- fire. The piano throughout the show. Are you saying? Are you saying really good? like the the theme itself, or like no? The, I'm saying the like visuals. When yeah, the visuals. Okay, I was gonna say no. Bro, the, the piano, piano is fire. And it's really good when they play it like throughout episodes. Yeah, but like the intro is just I'm not a fan because it's just like the one young kid <laughs> with his dad. Like, okay, yeah. where's the rest of the family? They kind of update it in season two. Do they? Yeah, and yeah, then but, like they just show random ass things that it's like. Yeah, this. I this think could it's be just a lot it's just showing. I think that like it's supposed it's to be a like family family portrait stuff. Yeah. but it's they could have done a lot better on yeah. that. The I I was gonna say though because the, no, the piano, piano is dope. fire. Yeah, the I love that dope. shit. Yeah, but what? yeah, I'm 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 here for it. Okay, I'm glad you're rocking with it. Here's another. We don't have to get into this today, but a future discussion that we possibly could have. Um, what is the greatest TV show theme of all time? Okay. Think on that one. I got mine right away between the two, but I'll let you think on it. And then we're watching the Righteous Gemstones, kind of. Yeah. It's like a fun watch. Not really like totally into I'm it. I'm glad it's a half hour. I, I know. I was like very weirded yeah. out that the first uh, episode an was an hour. I was like, this can't be an hour. Yeah. Because it when you, especially from like a writer's perspective, we all know, you all know, I'm hoping by now that I write scripts. An hour long runtime is specified for drama 30 minute is comedic so that's you could do an hour-long comedy and it could be successful but like this story isn't like it'd be hard to continue that like hilarious yeah because to me like if you it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek if you do 30 minutes it should be like a fucking like it should be like a comedy show like you should give me a couple really big laughs Mm -hmm. Which I don't think this show actually has had yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something to watch. Yeah, I think it, it's in, it's interesting. I, I told you my beef with it. I wish they would lean more into making fun of like the rich pastors. Yeah, like like head on scapegoating. Yeah, like religion to make money. And maybe I mean, we'll would, maybe we'll get into that. Maybe they will. Um, I did like the twist at, at the end yes, of episode two. That was a great two. twist. That was a great twist. I did not see that coming, honestly. Either. So that was cool. Uh, I'll keep watching. I yeah, mean, it's all uh, right. It's good. I'll give it a season. Danny Danny McBride has his hands written all over it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I could honestly see it getting canceled. To be straight honest, yeah, but I could too. Maybe it's only a one season show. Yeah, who knows? 
Surprised um, they got John Goodman for that role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good cast. Yeah, no, it pretty is. Pretty good cast. HBO, man. HBO's rocking. What's the next HBO show you're going to get into? Well, I'm I know you talked to, about Barry. I'm trying to... Yeah, so I want to get through Succession first, yeah. and then I'm going back to Euphoria. Okay. I'm going to bang that out, because that'll be quick. Yep. Um, and then I think Barry is probably my next one. Barry... And I'm also watching Hard Knocks, which is technically HBO. True. Barry is like one of the most complex shows I've seen in a long well, ass time. I'm, just, I'm so such good. a hater fan that yeah. you'll, I, you'll really enjoy watch it. it. It's not like laugh out loud humor, but it yeah. is like dark and it's good. You'll, you'll like it. Okay. On the music front for me, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Rhapsody, one of the best like female rappers out period right now, in my opinion, her album Eve came out really rocking with that. Honestly, it's on the bubble for a top 10 album this year. I really enjoyed it. Um, Kind of a nod to like female empowerment. I just I really really rocked with it, especially um, they're like their songs on it that are definitely better than the others in my opinion. But I really like that. So I, I don't know if you checked it out. I'd recommend that. It's it's pretty good. And then there's one song I'm really rocking with right now. It's called Hair Down by Sir, featuring Kendrick Lamar. Sir is uh, the R&B singer on TDE. He's dropping his album Chasing Summer. This Friday, August 30th. Check that out. Another album I want to give a little nod to because it's not like a big release um, is Is He Real by IDK. Um, IDK has put out little mixtapes in the past that are very conceptual. There's one about money. There's one about like crime and um, going to jail and that, that type of theme. But this one, I don't really know what the theme is going to be. He's kind of given little hints. But one for one, he straight up said, I know that this is stupid and I'm going to say this anyway because it's my album, but this is the album of the year. That confidence, like, I don't know, some something tells me this album is going to be crazy. No. Not just that, though. He posted a picture with Tyler Creator. Tyler Creator has heard it. I think I saw either a picture or somebody or like him tweet about he showed the album to Kanye. So it's not like like he's showing these out al- this album to like prominent people. Um, this album comes out September fourth. That's a week from today, actually. Really looking forward to this album. So um, have your eyes open for that. It's kind of an independent. I think so. He's independent, but he's there's some deal where like he's releasing it through a major label. I don't know the whole logis- logistics behind it, but is he real? September fourth. Check it out. IDK. Okay, you have anything else music-wide? I listened to the new Taylor Swift album. Did you? Yeah. Actually, Is it good? Actually, not bad. Actually, not bad. The singles that she released were by far the worst songs really? on the album. Didn't, didn't wasn't one of them like uh, from the, with the dude from Panic at the Disco? I think uh, that was one of them. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, don't know I can't remember the name of it. Single. It, isn't there one called Me or something like that? I don't, know I don't know track list, Sorry. dude. I've just listened to it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's actually it's it's pretty good. It's a bop. It's a, I don't. I'm not gonna say it's a bop, but it's good. <laughs> okay, it's good. I respect. I respect the diversity. I respect it. All right, we have a shit let's, to talk yeah, about. Let's, go into music let's get into this shit. All right, we're gonna switch up our doc here a little bit. We were gonna start with movies. Movies is gonna I take up audible. the majority. Yeah, Brandon called the audible. Um, Movies is going to be the majority of the podcast, but we're going to start with music so we're not just rushing at the end to get other stuff in. So uh, This is your appetizer. Appetizer. I like that. So we're going to start off with music today. Um, last podcast, I'm pretty sure we previewed the big day. Yes. Now we're going to review it. 
Um, there's a lot here, honestly. Uh, Chance the Rapper dropped his debut album. It was a lot um, called The Big Day. And I would say that I kind of predicted correctly that it was kind of a theme album about his marriage. Mm-hmm. Would you say yeah. that was? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, not like a not a linear theme, like a linear conceptual story, but um, it's really it, it's like still a homage theme. to his wife. Yeah, more Exa- so than exactly. Like his marriage. It's like a lot about his wife. Yeah, about his love. Um, so first off, let's let's talk about like our favorite songs, favorite features, beats, whatever you want to go with that. Um, what do you, what if you had to pick? I don't know, two, three, because there's a lot. How many songs were on this? There were 22 tracks. There were some skits thrown in there, but uh, if you had to pick, like, I don't know, top three, what what would you go with? Um, I like Hot Shower. Okay. See, I know you don't. See, this is, like, I, I, I get Hot Shower is, like, the banger of the album. Yeah, it is. I just think out of all of them, like, this is a bloated album, I in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot going on here. I think he could have left some songs off, and I just think he that like it didn't theme conceptually, wise, yeah, theme wise, yeah. that song could have been yeah. left off. Yeah, no, it's no a doubt. banger, and I don't really I, care I, for I, the features, but like I like it. Okay, um, we go high. That's a good one. That's one of mine, and then my favorite is all day long. All day long. The, that's the, one the John Legend song. to yeah. kick it off. I like those picks. Um, I'm gonna go. Probably my favorite one is Five Year Plan. Really, Five-year really plan, enjoy yeah. that one. Um, where sun come down, where he kind of talks about his death. I think that one's introspective, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that one. Honestly, I really like the one with Nicki Minaj, the first one, Slide Around. Yeah, I really like that one. Surprising to hear Nicki on that one. I know, right? That was a big surprise. Yeah, it was, and she basically announced her pregnancy on the second song. That's even crazier. Uh, the big day, I I like. It's kind of. Mm-hmm. It, I wish there was more there. Literally, he just says the chorus. But that's cool. But like you said, with all day long, I really enjoy that one. There, are, it's definitely a good album. Like this album's getting a lot of hate, and I think we're gonna get into that here in a minute. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really understand all the hate personally. Uh, I, I enjoyed the album. Like I said, I think it's bloated. I think there's a lot going on. There are definitely some songs I personally think he could have left off, and it still would have got his point across. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's his best piece of work by any no, stretch. No, coloring book, coloring book to me is the the gold standard for Chance. I don't even know if it beats Acid Rap. Acid Rap is up there too. It's I love, I love Acid it's Rap. It's close. Acid Rap's really good. Um, it's just different. It's a different phase in his life. Yeah, uh, Chance and I can rapper, appreciate that. If anything, you can kind of tell like where he's at is what he's going to talk about. Yeah. Um, Acid Rap. You know, he's doing a lot of drugs. Yep. Uh, coloring book. He was getting off drugs and trying to find God. You know, God. Yep. Uh, this one, he's getting married. So he, he's very. It's very much layered with his real life, which I like. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. more. Yeah, rappers and artists in general would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the hate, there's just people that man. If it's like not trap or, or exactly. if it doesn't give you a bunch of just bangers, like mm-hmm. they're going to hate. Like people yeah. that think j cole's boring like exactly there's just always going to be that feedback and yeah. social media unfortunately just yeah. it, it amplifies it, it amplifies it yeah. more than you know the the people who really enjoy the album but i don't know like I, I get some of the hate when you take this long in between albums and then you do i mean it is bloated no doubt um and like i said when it's so specific and themed um 
and it's going to drive like some people just aren't going to be about that. Some people fine. call it soft, and I right. would agree with with them to an extent. But here's but my chance whole thing. isn't like uh like that's all of Chance's albums are soft. It, yeah, but here's my whole thing. Like some people like don't like the lovey dovey shit, and that's fine. But this is such like a a personal al- a per- a personal album to Chance, and I I I appreciate when artists peel back the layers and give us the introspection mm-hmm. and give us the vulnerability. Like it's hard for an artist to do that. I would assume. Yeah. Um, so the fact that we get a full album of that, I think is really a testament to him putting himself into the art. And I, right. I, I don't know. I appreciate that. And in a day where we, he could have easily made an album full of hot showers and it probably would have gone number one and people would have enjoyed it maybe more. Right. People on Twitter would have praised it more. But he did what he wanted to do. He, you know, said what he wanted to say. Mm-hmm. He shot, you know, he showed his love for his wife. I appreciate that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. But uh, going back to the hate a little bit, I do kind of want. So he went on Twitter and posted a series of tweets, um, and sent, they've since been deleted. I noticed because I went back and checked, but I did find them um, like a quote from. So this this is some of them. This is not everything that he posted, but he got a little deep with it. He said, I'm getting this crazy feeling that people want me to kill myself. That's not my vibe at all, but I feel the push. And I feel like even more than that, some people want me to feel ashamed. Shame is heavy, yo. And feeling shame for something that you were once prideful about is super heavy. And the number one thing that's been on my heart and has been reaffirmed in the last week that I'm now 100% sure of is that I love my wife. So, I don't know. I, I appreciate Chance. I I want Chance to keep doing his thing. Like, I hate that he's feeling this way because this is a really good album. I, I, I genuinely think this is a good album. Um, yes, it has flaws. Yes, I don't think it's his best piece of work. But I still think it's a really good album, and I it will probably make my top ten. Where it will be ranked, I don't know, but... I mean, there's still a half a year left, so we maybe it won't. There's be, still half a year left, but there's also not a ton of I, top ten type albums. Yeah, I'm, so I it mean, might be in there by default. It's, it's definitely it's definitely a year where you're gonna have to dig in the vault to get yeah. you know these good albums. So I don't know. We'll 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 see where it ends up ranking. But I really hate that Chance feels that way because I think we get the best out of an artist when he is vulnerable. Or when she is vulnerable, I, I think about it in terms of like a four forty four Jay Z. Like the fact that he acknowledged that he cheated, that he admits, like I I respect that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just I wish Chance got more love than he did, at least on Twitter. I yeah. mean, and that, that's the, that's the hard thing. Chance is beloved, especially you know in Chicago. Um, it's hard for me to say like one, I think he's just showing like trying to show people like what people are sending him. So like, I don't think chance really feels ashamed or is feeling suicidal. I think he's trying to bring to light like that. This is what no, people yeah. are saying. Yeah. I don't think he's suicidal. Right, so I just think he's saying like he feels that people want him to, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. And so like, I think in some sense you're probably magnifying the negative a lot more than your rejoicing in the positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of changes MO. He responds on Twitter to a lot of stuff. 
Um, he's not afraid to speak his mind. So, yeah, is what it is. I'm gonna say this, and I'll probably sound corny, and it's whatever. But like, I, I genuinely appreciate this album because you know I can't find, I can't wait to find the one and feel these type of feelings. And you know, I just, I, I think, I, I really respect Chance for focusing so heavy on one thing that maybe is cliche or you know people think is soft and really delving into it with a full album so i don't know i give i give kudos to chance and i think he executed fairly yeah, no, well no, i think so i think he could have done like uh eight or ten song album about his wife and then done because he's going to be doing another project supposedly with kanye is that yeah, what you're hinting at yeah. the good ass project and then do like a true like fun album like or like a different type of album yeah where he could have included something like hot shower but instead we're gonna time. get you know what i mean we're gonna get another four years and we're gonna have to wait yeah. <laughs> so anyway because he is going on tour like next month he yeah said. yep that would it would be cool to see him so all right let's get into the lost boy Did, have you checked this album out yet so i listened all the way through once okay uh so i don't have a ton on it um bad idea is definitely my favorite i've actually the one like, with we'll, chance yeah i will play that like Multiple times. R&P is another one I really like. Mm -hmm. uh, the one with Anderson Park. But so like I, I will listen to individual songs off of it. Multiple I have multiple mm -hmm. times, but I haven't like really been thoughtful about going through the whole album. Sure. Multiple times to inform a real smart opinion. Okay. So um, I'll let you take the lead on. No, this that's one, fine. Dog. I just so I know you're feeling this. Album. No, I really, really enjoyed. Which it this is album. good. It is good though. You know, I was just going to ask you. So I mean, is it like a top ten worthy album? Did you? I think it, once I listen to it more and like actually give it a lot of thought, I think it will be okay. Here's my because you can see the talent. The talent's there. Exactly. It's and there. this is his debut like project. Right. I don't even think the man right. has put out a mixtape. Right. So that's what's crazy about it. Um, and to get all those names on a debut. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Fucking crazy. Totally. Uh. The dude had, like, I, I saw this kind of funny, cool thing on uh, Twitter the other day. I think it was my one of my favorite hip-hop publications, DJ Booth. They, they put out this kind of funny question. If you had to put stock, if you had to buy stock into one upcoming artist, um, and they give you, like, so much money and you would equal out. So, like, they gave this weird scenario. But they were like, if you were to... Um, have to buy stock into one upcoming artist, who would it be? And honestly, YBN Corday is at, uh, at the top of that list, you know, for me. I, I would argue some other artists, but would we're you not take stock over him or would you do JID? Uh, YBN, just because, yeah, I mean, JID stock's a little higher probably because he's, he's more mainstream. JID, wait, say that JID. Oh, J.I.D. Sorry. I was thinking the J.I.D.K. dude who no, we no, talked no. about. Yeah. No. J no. J.I.D. Um, Boogie, who I really, really enjoy, and YBN Corday. Uh, like those are the three. three who I would – it would be a debate for me. And I, I – I, it was funny. We don't have to t talk about this right now because I know we have a lot to get into today. But um, when all the top 50 rap lists were coming out and I made my own um, – I wanted to kind of make my own thing, and I think I still might, but I think it'd be cool to do a Mount Rushmore of upcoming rappers who have the potential to be like, like I would say right now the Mount Rushmore is for sure. Or if you're doing like current? Yeah, current. 
So for sure, Cole, Kendrick, Kendrick, Cole, Drake. Drake. You could argue for the fourth. We we could be here. It depends on if that. yeah, if you're going like historic yeah. with like Eminem, Wayne. I mean, people I who would, are still that, in the game, but maybe I wouldn't. Past their I wouldn't put them in. I'd put them. They're a generation above. Okay. So I would put like Eminem, Jay Z, Biggie, Tupac. Like that's who I would right, put right, with right. that. But I'm saying like current. So you can throw in a shit ton of people for that four spot. Right. But for this next generation, I would put JID, YBN Corday, Boogie. And you can make an argument for a lot of four, uh, people for the fourth. Buddy, um, Joey Badass, who's been off the grid. I'm really hoping he drops something soon. Um, I, I could sit yeah, here and think, yeah, yeah. yeah, for that fourth. But like, I, I think it'd be cool to kind of think yeah. about that in terms of generations. Um, but yeah, YBN Corday is someone who I would definitely put a lot of stock into for sure. So there's that. Um, let me ask you this. So I know you've just kind of listened maybe once through – where do you personally see YBN Corday's career going from here? Knowing that we just talked about the stock and talk about how he's getting all these features and how the album was, yeah. you know, critically acclaimed. Uh, do you it's see really, him becoming yeah. Yeah. a great? M- music's really hard because it, it can take so many different, you can go so many different paths yeah. where you see a lot. People can make one really great album. For sure. And then really struggle to even get close to to that level again now he's young um yeah i I mean debut album i don't even know how old he is he i don't even know if he's he might be 20 right so so the if you're going off potential yeah i mean he could be uh you know he would be he could he has the potential to be a generation's mount rushmore yeah you know um but it's just so hard to tell but uh, listen, on debut albums, most people don't get those type of features. I mean, it's just it's kind of unheard of. Yeah. So a lot of people are seeing the talent that he already has <laughs> and where he might go. Um, so I think that I think that speaks brightly on that. And I don't want to put so much stock into the features. Like the features are great. Don't get me no, wrong. No, no, no. But just to pull those. Yeah. Names, no. I mean. to- totally. But I think he genuinely shines more when on some of the songs that he's um, on solo. Um, the song Have Mercy might be one of my favorite songs of 2019. Oh. It is so dope. Um, been around. There's just so many good songs in there, and I really I, – I was blown away by this album yep. just because I really didn't have any expectations. When I hear, like, a YBN Corday, I think uh, I think of, like, like an ASAP Rocky in terms of, like, you have that ASAP stamped on you, so you're kind of pigeonholed, I guess, into that, yeah. you know, vibe. So when I just hear YBN, I'm like, another fucking trap rapper. Mm. But then he comes out, and he's lyrical, and it's a story, and yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Now, like you said, it's a debut album, and he could go so many routes. He could easily fall into the trap uh, route where he just yeah, puts out bangers. Money, make money. Yeah, and I really hope he doesn't do that. I really hope he finds his way and tells his story and continues to grow, but... This kid has a lot of potential. Absolutely. A lot of potential. It was a really good album. So if you haven't heard The Lost Boy, check that one out. Next on the docket, we have Care Package by Woo! Drake. This one, crazy. I was Top 10 album of very the year. excited. I was very excited when I saw this was happening. Very surprised to see this happening. Um, Drake put out an album of old Lucy's that didn't make the cuts. or It was either... Old songs that didn't make the cut on old albums or They're just, just promotional singles. yeah, singles yeah. for albums. So it was crazy. Basically, I think he just wanted to put these album or these songs 
on streaming services and he kind of looped it together as one project. Basically, that's how I viewed yeah. it. But what's the, the craziest part of this whole thing is Drake went number one on the charts off an album of old Lucy's. Don't matter, man. <laughs> Only Drake. Man, can Only go number Drake. one doing whatever he wants. It's insane. But here's the thing. I got to do real quick. Yeah, I, I got I got to say the the one negative feedback I've heard about this okay. is from um, co-host of Three Pete Chase Men of Slade. Uh oh. He hated the artwork. Yeah, well, that's the true. Artwork. The artwork so, he said was trash. So I, shout out Chase. I, I had to get that. No, that that's funny. That's funny. And I have I have seen that on Twitter. And I think DJ Booth, who I've dropped name dropped yeah. a lot of times on here, um, they said something that he spent so much money on clearing the samples and getting <laughs> the people on the features that he didn't have any more money for the artwork. Yeah. So it's it, not great. You no, know, it's, it's definitely great. bad. But uh, yeah, that's funny. What um, what, what what are your what what are your favorite ones? Favorites? Um, let me pull. Like, what were you when you pulled it up? Let me ask you this, because there's a couple on here like I didn't, I don't really remember or like. There are a couple that I don't to remember. A lot. So did you listen to those or did you go back through like? I listened oh, I through. F- I remember these. Um, and so like, because for me like. 5 a.m. in Toronto oh. was one of my favorite songs. Dude, honestly, it might be the best Drake song, period. Yeah, and so I was like, I had to listen to that first. Really? And then... I just went through the whole thing. Okay. See, I, I went... You I went like the what you wanted. The ones I was most excited yeah, first. Yeah, that's fair. Because uh, Paris Morton Music might be that, my favorite song. That's your fave. I, I know you rock with that favorite one. favorite Drake song. Yeah, that's... It's that's, so smooth. That's definitely smooth. Here, I'm, I'm going to pick an underrated one, which I don't know if people... Um, this I loved this Drake song when it first came out, and that's "Girls Love Beyonce." Girls love Beyonce. That is it's such good. a vibe, bro. It is a good I fucking song. love it. Another underrated one I really love on there is "The Motion." The Motion is good. Um, that came out with nothing was the same. I yeah. think it was it was very interesting when I did listen because I went you through could it. feel the vibes. Yes, of each, for album. each album, each album, hundred. I was going through and I was like, "This went with this album. Right. This went with this right. album." Uh, um, Joe is always good. Um, with J. Cole. Yeah. Did you notice they blanked out the the R word in yeah, that one? Yeah, 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 I thought yeah. that was interesting. How about now is always a fun song. How about now? That's if you're reading this. Yep. Yep. I love that one. Um five AM in Toronto is like oh, it, it's one of the best Drake. It's, it's one of Drake. the best Drake songs. Uh, and then draft day is fun. Just draft day is fun. He Johnny, drops Johnny Manziel and Andrew and Wiggins. Now, and now both suck. Exactly. Both suck. But exactly. hilarious. Such it is song. funny. It I, took me back to college, like playing beer pong and just jamming to those yeah. songs. I and you say you say that, and it's funny. I someone tweeted. I think it was Jinx from. Um, I don't even know what he's on now. He used to be from Pigs, uh, Pigeons and Planes. But um, he's from that State of Emergency show with Joe Budden. He yeah, does yeah, that with the him. white dude? No, he's, he's oh, black. No, the, the other yeah, black the big dude. black dude. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's the one who tweeted this. I could be wrong. But I think he tweeted that Drake's music is time-stamped where he puts out that music and he, he, he the dude who tweeted it, personally doesn't think that it's timeless. It is locked into that time. And I, I think it's a testament to what you just said with the Johnny Manziel. It's just like they're they're popping at that point. And I just find that interesting. But I, I don't know if I agree with yeah, it. Yeah, I but disagree because because it's still really good music. Yeah, and totally. It just it's so memorable and so good that you just remember Well that like yeah. that air, like what you were doing when that yeah. came, like I remember when nothing was the same drop. Yeah. And I was literally I went at midnight and bought the album, oh, really? like the hard copy. Nice. Like, like I, like you just remember, like yeah. it's. I remember listening to "Over My Dead" or "Take Care." Okay. We were literally, the first time I heard it was we were driving to Mizzou to go visit, 
Okay. The first time I went to Mizzou, that was the first time I heard okay. Take Care. Okay. I'll never forget listening to it. For Do the you first remember time. where you were when, if you're reading this, you're, uh, it's yes, too I late drop? A, I was in Ames we were, in Yes, bed. that's right. <laughs> we were at a bar and it was like Tuesday, I think, yeah, right? Or yeah. something crazy. And I literally woke up, hung over as shit, downloaded the album and started playing it. Like, yes. It was, that, that was the biggest surprise to me because he literally had no hint, anything. Yeah, that was like, a I'm getting off this damn way label. surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- it was a breath of fresh air. I appreciated this. The it's fact- cool. I wish most more people would do this. Oh, totally. So many song like people have so many good loose songs that you just can't download mm-hmm. legally. Yeah. Um, that I I think a lot of people could have success doing this. The one, the one like Eminem could probably drop two or three of these. Oh hell yeah! You know? It'd be insane. Wayne, the you know? the one thing the one that stands out to me the most. Is just because I'm a big fan. Is Logic is under his uh, Young Sinatra series. Yeah, that would be so dope if he got those like, a lot of those cleared. Were like mixtapes. So, like, like I think of like Detroit with like how yeah, much, that'd be a good one. Like, like there's but they sample so much. Like, it yeah, would be, it would be hard, hard to get it cleared. But the craziest thing is like Chance got I think Chance on a ten day literally wrapped over one of the Biggie beats. I think right. it was Juicy or right. something. And it literally is on there, and I'm like, damn. I mean, I'm sure he pumped some money into it, and I'm sure it took a while. But I feel like if Logic starts right now, maybe we can get something, you know, in a couple years. I don't know. It's possible, I think, especially with all these people coming on, um, doing the streaming thing now. But it was cool that that Drake dropped it. I have to say this because I I honestly came up with this on my own. I didn't see anybody else saying this. I'm not copying anybody. Drake genuinely feels like the only person, at least right now in this day and age, to drop an album of old Lucy's and it have it and have it sound like a greatest hits album. I genuinely think yeah. it sounds like a greatest hits album, yeah. right? Yeah. It's insane, right? No, like no doubt. albums that are songs that did not make the album and it still somehow sounds like a greatest hits album. Absolutely. It's crazy. Only Drake. Let's keep it going with the music so we can get in some movies. Um, Logic, have, did you see this? I did. Okay. Logic dropped in uh, No Pressure Freestyle. He hinted at an Under Pressure sequel and announced he's having a baby boy. Congrats, Logic. Um, what do you think of this freestyle? It was good. The The hardest line was the one when he tight, uh, looped in... Uh, once upon a time, Booth and yeah, uh, that and, was cool. And once upon a time, and he's the biggest Tarantino Tar- fan, yeah, so exactly. he must have like just seen that movie. Yeah, it was when dope. It was he dope. did that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, dude, an under pressure sequel. It would sounded be fucking dope. Did you think it sounded more under pressure or more uh, Young Sinatra? Uh, young Sinatra. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, because when I think under pressure, I think of Logic actually telling his story. Yeah, like every album after. Under pressure is him going outside of it's like himself. a character. It's like a yeah, character and creating album. a world, right? Which is cool. I mean, it's creative, and I mean that's hard to do. But I want to hear more from like Logic's like Logic's life, Logic's perspective. Um, I think he has a lot of his to, story left to tell. Yeah, I would love to hear not in the same format because they're different rappers, but Logic's two thousand nine, where he could talk about the breakup with his. I don't know where they married. Oh yeah, they yeah, just yeah. date for yeah, a really his, long time. His, his, yeah, he was married. They were it's an ex-wife, new relationship, mm-hmm. having a kid, like just all of that. Yeah. Like I would love to hear like yeah, a very introverted Logic album. Yes, 
100%. Because Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, honestly, this will not make my top 10. It, it yeah. was the biggest disappointment of an album for Logic, for myself, period. And there were some songs on there where I actually did enjoy. The first, the the single, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, I really enjoyed that good. song. The one with Eminem was good. There's a song called like Clickbait where I thought it was okay. It was good. But I, I just felt like... Um, I, I'm trying to remember the song where I, I think it was, um, I am the greatest and he taught, I can't remember the exact line, but he, he says like, he says something like they talk their shit and we don't want to hear that shit. That's paraphrasing. Yeah, he doesn't was, say yeah. something along those lines. About. I know what you're about. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, like he's becoming the shit that he used, used to, to diss, about, you know, yeah. like literally it, the confessions of a dangerous mind. What is just an album Full of wannabe bangers to to get on the, the radio. Yeah. It's and like a real it artistic it, guy selling out. Kind exactly, of. exactly. So I want him to go back. Uh, I, I I keep going back to the song Legacy. I didn't. I it did not get the credit it deserved. Um, that song Legacy on Yusuf. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love that yeah, song. That, that is like that song. That is like the most introspective shit. And I I pray that we get a no pressure album. I think that would be really cool. Um, but as long as he tells his story and yep. gets, you know, peel back the layers and get vulnerable with it again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd be, I would be here for that. Do you think we will get that? It's hard to tell, man. He just is so sporadic, mm -hmm. I feel like. And I feel like he kind of gets an idea and he really latches on. So if it is introspective, like he'll really go into it. But I don't know. I, I tend to think not. I feel like he. So wait, let I, me. I, I feel like Logic has become so mainstream that he has it's going to gonna be a yeah. mainstream album. That's unfortunate. So let me I could be you. wrong, but... Yeah, so let me ask you this. So uh, it, you you said no, basically. No as in we're not going to get a no-pressure album or no that it won't be introspective? I, I, or could both. See, I could see a no-pressure album. Being a thing. Yes. But, but just I, be more mainstream. Yes. Got you. Okay. Um, are we ever going to get Ultra 85? <laughs> People <laughs> keep forgetting about this. Well, he was this only is... supposed to do one more album. And, you know. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I have a theory about that, and I won't really get yeah. into it right now. But um, I don't know. Ultra 85, man, he keeps hyping it up. The more and more he pushes it, the more and more hype builds, and yeah, the more you dangerous. have to live up it's, to. It's like detox. It's, that's what I'm <laughs> saying, bro. You have a lot to live up to with this shit. So I don't know. Hopefully we get that in the near future. But I'd be okay with a no-pressure album as long as it has under-pressure vibes. I'd be cool with that. All right, last little um, music tidbit. Um, Post Malone announced a new album. It's called Hollywood's Bleeding. It is dropping September 6th. That is coming up very soon. I think that's next, next week. week. Uh, this is his follow-up to Beer Bongs and Bentleys. The lead singles, I would assume, would be Wow. That's been on the radio. Yeah. It's everywhere. Good um, tune. Goodbyes with Young Thug. I, yeah. I heard that on the radio the other day, too. And then I also saw that he's dropping that Circles album or song. I keep saying albums when I mean fucking <laughs> songs. Sorry. Um that circle circle song that blew up on our Twitter and somehow got pulled down because some copyright fucks, <laughs> but uh, that's releasing this Friday in a couple days. So I would assume those are the lead singles on the album, and uh, I don't know. It had it has potential to be another. I mean, I'm sure it's going to do numbers. I'm sure yeah. it'll go number one. Post Malone is on that level. He has such a cult following where it does Drake numbers al al almost. Yeah. Almost, but uh, what what are your expectations with this? Yeah. What features would you like? To I see? have 
I have a weird relationship with Posty in the sense that when the album drops, I'm never that impressed. It's after, like, once I keep listening to it, it really, like, grows on me a lot. Mm -hmm. So probably more of the same, you know, at first, okay, and then it'll grow on me over time. Uh, Futures with him are really hard to predict, I feel like. Yeah. He could go so many different routes because he's just so, like, multi-talented that... I, like, are we doing rap? Are we getting country? Like, rock? Like, you just don't know what type of vibes and features he could go with. And so. I think that's what makes him so popular. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. Um, that Circle song is really fucking good. I honestly hope there's not, like, a, a rap verse on it. It's. I think Post Malone, sh- for me personally, Post Malone is uh, my favorite version of Post Malone, I guess I would say. Is when he sings. Yeah, I like think stay. Stay. Uh, this circle song has more of a singy vibe. Um, I'm trying to think of the up. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, what's the fucking one on uh, Stony? I'm trying to think. There's I, I can't think of it. It's been so long. But there's a couple on Stony that are just singy. Yeah. I think that's where Post Malone shines. I mean, it's cool when he gets the trap rappers and he does the bangers. That it's it's fine. But I I think he really shines when he flexes his sing, singing muscles. It is hard to predict uh, features, but I think he's gotten so popular where he get like a Drake feature. Yeah, you know, I would doubt it, but I, you know, Travis Scott could yeah, be on there. I could see Travis Scott. Yeah, so I don't know. It's hard to predict features, but I'm sure there'll be a shit ton of them on there. So, all right, let's get into the meat. Let's get in some movies. Let's you do ready it. for this little shit? entree time now. A little entree. We're gonna start off. It's eh, I, I tried to go in kind of a chronological order as this shit kind of yeah. came Most out recent, and yeah. and the importance. So it's not all. It may be a little jumbled, but we're gonna just roll with it. So today we got a new Joker trailer with uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the star. Um, really intriguing, I thought. Um, so this is the second trailer, yep. I believe. Yep. Um, we saw Walking Phoenix as I think Arthur Curry. Uh, the the it's last definitely name, Arthur. It's I definitely Arthur. That, uh, the last yeah. name could be wrong. Um, to me, he looked like a deeply disturbed comedian. We really didn't get like a shit ton of like where the story's going in this right. trailer. But the plot's hard to follow. Yeah, but I mean, f- we do. Would find you out agree? He has a love interest. Yeah. Would you agree that? He's a, a disturbed comedian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So we at least pulled that from the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also found out that Robert De Niro is going to be in this movie. Yeah. Uh, his character kind of seemed to me like he could be Arthur's maybe comedic predecessor, maybe even a mentor Yeah. in the comedic game. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't. The I was confused. He has like a Johnny Carson type vibe. Yes. Like late night show yep. host yep. type vibe. There was one moment where uh, in the trailer where Arthur was like watching the TV and De Niro says something about speaking of people who think they can take my job. Look at this guy. And then it shows Arthur. And I couldn't tell if Arthur was like happy about that or sad. I think happy at first. And then De Niro like makes a punchline at the end and he gets sad. Okay. Okay. I couldn't tell from the trailer. I'm sure we'll actually get the full thing in the movie. Yeah. But, um, and then I don't know. I'm here for this movie, honestly. And then we you, you said the one love interest yep. that's Zazie Beats from um, Deadpool Two, mm-hmm. and she's also in Atlanta. Really, I really enjoy her. Um, she appears to be Arthur's love interest. We also, if you look real closely, it looks like Arthur at, at a couple points in the movie is in the hospital. So I don't know if like the, a mom dies or oh, his okay. current girlfriend dies. 
It looks like a girl dies that's close to him. And then we get this love interest vibe from Zazie Beetz character. Um, I don't know. So I, I, there's a lot going on in this trailer. Not really a lot of story. It's just kind of throwing yeah. different things at us. What did you get from this trailer? What do you think of this movie? Uh, I guess what are your expectations? It. I'm excited for it. Uh, and Can we, it's, before you get into it though, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were you were skeptical, skeptical of this movie very when it first got announced. Very skeptical. Um, I think that was more because, of a DC perspective. Yes, because at that time we were still expecting we that, had like, like three Justice different League. jokers, <laughs> right. yeah. Like we were all in the same timeline and had like all these different characters. But okay, anyway. But you're here for it. Now. Uh, I am. I am. I'm excited for it. Um, and like it's crazy. The like when you read articles and stuff, Joaquin Phoenix is actually getting like real like Oscar. Like That's what I, that was going to be my for, next question. Like best actor, yeah, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, it's just so weird because Heath Ledger would like if they were going really dark and disturbed. Like Heath Ledger would have been like perfect for that. Yeah. Um, I honestly get that vibe though. Yeah, to no, be no, straight I, I, I really, I, I really do too. Like it feels like this could be like a setup movie for Heath Ledger's Joker. Almost, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. won't be, but imagine how cool it would be. If like the end scene is him looking at like a, a like a TV show and it's uh, Christian Bale as Batman like giving a press conference, like, <laughs> that, that would be, be sick. That'd or like him walking into a bank to go rob it, yeah. and then it cuts off where Dark Knight yeah. you know, picks up. Anyway, um, no, I, I I think it looks incredible. Um, I, I like that what the trailers are doing by not giving away a plot line because I think we talked about it on a previous pass or a, a previous podcast, but. Part of the greatness of the Joker is we don't know anything about him, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm kind of sad that we're going to find out all yeah. of this stuff about a Joker character. But at the same time, I I think it's going to be really good. So I like that there's some mystery leading up to it where it, it's really unpredictable. Like we have no idea where this movie is going to go. Totally, and um, I guess we can loop what I'm about to say into the Oscar conversation. But um, I, I just based off the couple trailers that we've gotten, I, I, I think this is more of a character movie that happens to be in a comic book world right. and about a comic it's book character. It's not a villain movie. Yeah. It's this ge- is going to be an empathetic story. Def- definitely. I, I It looks so dark and so like creepy and... I don't know the the one line where he's talking to the therapist and he says, "You don't listen to me. I have uh, you asked me if I have dark thoughts. All I have are dark thoughts." Yeah. And I'm just like, "Damn, man, yeah. this shit looks dark as fuck." And I'm all the way here for it. But um, I, let, let's kind of talk about the kind of Oscar buzz now. So um, I believe this movie is premiering at the Toronto Film Fest, and maybe we talked about this. Uh, if if we have, stop me. But um. The Toronto Film Fest director, I, I've read that, so obviously his or her, I don't know if it's a female or, or male, um, their only real goal is to promote the Toronto Film Fest. They have no stock into a movie right? other than it's playing at their fest. Right. I read somewhere that the Toronto Film Fest director thinks that this is one of the best performances of this generation wow. and that this movie is definitely going to be in the Oscar uh, talk, Oscar conversation. 
So that gets me really fucking excited. I mean, we can't yeah. we can't put a lot into that quote. Right. But I don't know. Just seeing the trailers, hearing the buzz, catching the vibe. I don't know. This I I have a feeling this is going to be in the conversation for an Oscar or a Golden Globe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if the hype is you know anywhere near real, I I think so. Even if it's maybe not the movie, but Walking mm-hmm. Phoenix. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it'll be interesting to see. Is it just a Walking Phoenix like tribute? Like, are we just getting? Is this right, just? Pleasure, you mean? No, Walking Phoenix. Like, is this just a tribute to get Walking Phoenix oh, nominated I see, I see, I see, I see. rather than we actually want to make? Oscar worthy movie because there's a difference where there's totally. where it's either the role or it's the movie. Yeah, uh, if you're lucky enough, it's think both. about Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. I mean that was granted. I think the that's movie, a good movie. The movie was good. Yeah, but it was but it definitely Remy Malik stealing the show. Right. It yeah. was a Freddie Mercury Remy Malik love piece more yeah. than a Queen movie. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see from that perspective where where that goes. I agree. It'll um, also be interesting to see, like, does he die? Does it set up? Like, are we are we gonna do like two or three of these? Like, I I did see a headline. I didn't read into it that the director Todd Phillips, who I believe did like The Hangover and yeah, Old I School, think, I think and right. he's a comedy writer uh, or director. But um, I believe I saw a headline where it said that they could do a sequel. Okay. So it'll be. I don't know if they're leading DC, up to it, but DC might want that money. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, my last question on this one: Do you think there will be any references of Batman or Bruce Wayne or the Wayne family? I don't think it'll play a part in the in yeah. the plot line, but I could see us getting like the Wayne Foundation fucked me or something weird. Yeah, I, and I, also this is rated R. I don't know if yeah, we that, said that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, I could see a Wayne family like. Name drop. Name drop. Okay. Something like that. Or at the end, some type of Wayne family like cliffhanger. Sure. You don't think setting we'll, up for a second. Fair, fair. Do you so I mean, you don't think we'll actually see them It'll I don't be more think of a so. name drop? I don't think so. I would so. think so too. Be hilarious I think if that we would saw be, Robert that would be Pattinson. Smart. <laughs> yeah, no. Be funny. Don't do that, DC, for let's, the love let's, of let's God. Let's mix up these universes, no. baby. <laughs> Give me Robert Pattinson standing next to Ben Affleck. <laughs> Oh, Put Jared God. Leto in there. It's the multiverse Give me of all the Jokers. It's the multiverse of Batman's yeah, and what Jokers. If, what if they reference Endgame? Well, after the snap, after the snap, after the snap, all we these, created all, all these of Batman's this. came to Gotham. <laughs> uh, that'd be wild. I'm I'm excited for this movie though. So uh, October 4th is when it drops. So we don't have that long to wait. Yes. All right. Let's move on to some Disney talk. The Mandalorian trailer is where we will start. Uh, first thing. Let's, I, we're gonna just gonna break down the trailer and then talk about what we think. First thing we see are stormtrooper heads mounted on spikes. A um, little darker than the normal Star Wars, the normal normal Disney vibe. Um, could do you think this could mean the Mandalorian will be a darker, more ma- more mature series for the older Star Wars fans? Yeah, no, no doubt. Okay, it's got that darker vibe. John Favreau. Um, tends to do things a little bit darker mm-hmm. um, with some of this stuff. Think of like Iron Man's and all that. Um, yeah. They progressively got darker as they went on. Sure. Um, you know, he was kind of a brainchild for a lot of that. So I, I think this is going to be a mature mature audience, you know, reach. And I'm I'm all here for you know you especially know, because you know I'm here for that. For D twenty three, I don't know if you saw they announced that they're doing new episodes of um, the animated 
um, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, I did see. So I did see that. I think they're going to separate separate kid the versus sure. adult. Sure. Okay. Cool. Um, then we see um, we see IG Eleven and the Mandalorian. So I, I was watching this podcast the other day, and I, it's a, it's a really it was a good point and it's a good question. I wanted to bring it up here. Yes. So I'm ready for this talk. Okay. So okay, good. Um, so. Why do you think they decided to go the route? Because obviously we are familiar with IG-88. Um, is it in the animated Clone Wars? Yes, or? he's a prominent role okay. in, in the animated Clone but Wars. But did we also get him in the prequels? Was I think, he in the movies? I, I, think I don't that remember. type of like droid droid is in there in there somewhere we don't but know he's not like a prominent sure thing okay. IG-88. I know that IG-88 is like a prominent character in the universe, yes. I guess. So very prominent in the Clone Wars. Okay, so him and then obviously like Boba Fett is the Mandalorian vibes. Right. I'm not saying he is the Mandalorian, but we get that vibe. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, why do you think they decided to go with the name IG Eleven and um, the Mandalorian, where they easily could have made made this IG eighty eight and um, Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, they easily could have done that. They could, but in in a sense, it it honestly feels like this is that. But they're gonna they they want that property to stay separate. Boba Fett and IG eighty eight, because th- this is what the podcast the the point the podcast made. That one little shot you get of the silhouette when they're walking into that building. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks like Boba Fett and IG eighty eight. We know it's not them, but we it is them. You know what I mean? And honestly, it feels like we got the announcement a long time ago. We now know that um, it's not happening, but we got the Boba Fett announcement that the movie, the spinoff was happening. And then we found out that Solo didn't do well and they stopped all production on the, the spinoff movies. Um, do you think that the Mandalorian is taking place of that? No, I don't or think do you it's think, taking think place. think we'll still get Boba Fett? No, I don't think so. I, I just don't think Boba Fett is that much of like uh wow we got to know more about Boba Fett. I think okay. the other thing here, I think what Star Wars is trying to do is we're trying to expand the universe, yeah, right? Totally. We know Boba Fett. We want to know more of these characters that we don't know are about. in the galaxy that aren't, you know, a Skywalker or part of what the the galaxy we already know. Like I, I think that's a big theme for Disney after, like, even with, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, the the new trailer for the new Star Wars. Like, yeah, they we'll make it a that. point, like, this is the end, like, this is your generation, and this is the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're done. Yep. Like, this storyline, the Skywalkers, like, we're, we're done with this, yeah. but we know how many new Star Wars, um, like, t- titles and different yeah. things are coming. Like, I think their focus now is... Instead of focusing on such a small part of the galaxy, let's really open it up. Yeah. Um, and so that's my guess as to why we're getting new characters. Sure. So let me. I I get that. Um, let me ask you this. So I I just got I personally got this vibe when I watched the little teaser. Th- there was a, a lot of mystery to mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. Like he doesn't he take doesn't speak. He, he doesn't take speak. off the mask. He doesn't do anything. For all we know, it could be a female. Right. Um. Would you be mad if it ends up being Boba Fett or something weird? Yeah, I don't like, think it will. I don't think they'll do that. Do you think the identity of the Mandalorian will play a significant part? I think in, the mystery of him will. Okay. 
it, I was going to say in this series or in, I guess, Star Wars moving forward. Yeah, I don't think moving forward. I think this is going to be pretty, you know, low key for the most part. I, 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 th- I think the, the mystery of the Mandalorian is going to play a role in this specific series, though. I, I think so, too. And I, I think it, it would... I don't know. Would, would you be okay with it being, like, just a random name? I don't know. I, 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 I'll, yes, be, I'll be straight. Yes, I don't think it has to tie into anything. I don't I think agree. we have to know anything about this character. Like, I think this can just be fan, you know, fanfare. Like... Let us just enjoy this Star Wars universe. Maybe you can give us a drop, name drop or something. Yeah, no. But I don't think this has to be a character that we've seen before for it to be successful. I agree. As a matter of fact, I think this is probably, outside of you know the episodes, the most anticipated Star Wars property. Okay. I like even more than I think Rogue One was, or even more than I think Solo was. Like, I was gonna. I think this is the most anticipated Disney Plus show. You know. Maybe with the exception of like Loki or something like that. Yeah. So, um, one, I, let me say this before I ask you this question, before I forget. So, one, when I heard about Disney Plus, this was the property that I'm going to Disney Plus for, period. Right. Uh, I and mean, I think you're not alone. Yeah. And I mean, since they've announced so much right. stuff, and I mean, now I'm all in, right. you know. But um, I was going to save this question, but I'll just say it here now because it's kind of looping into this discussion. Are you more excited for The Mandalorian or The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, definitely Rise of Skywalker. Just because it's so huge. This is tough, bro. No, I don't it's so <laughs> huge. And, like, there's so much unanswered questions we have about everything from episode, you know, seven and eight that, like, we got to be able to wrap it up. Like yeah. it, 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 it's the end of something rather than the beginning of something. I'm always going to be more interested in how something ends than how it begins. Okay. And that's a, that's a fair argument. I would say, I, I don't know. I, I might say the Mandalorian. I'm kind of riding the fence on it, but I, the reason I would consider the Mandalorian being more anticipated in my mind is the fact that we've talked about this in past podcasts where, um, if you put up the Rise of Skywalker, say with an Endgame, yeah, it has like the Endgame was perfect, like mm-hmm. lived up to expectations, if not exceeded them. Whereas it feels, especially coming off the Last Jedi, that Star Wars has so much to lose and so much could go wrong. Oh yeah, no doubt. That I, I don't know. I I have more faith in the Mandalorian, if that makes sense. Yeah, not it, saying that I'm like. Over like I'm really excited about the rise of Skywalker. I just think there's so much that still could go wrong, and I would be butthurt a little bit. Whereas the Mandalorian, I don't really have all like a, a ton of expectations where I feel like I'm gonna like it either way. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. And let me just say this: so someone I forget his name. He he, oh, it's gonna kill me that I can't remember his name. He's like a comic writer. He's made a bunch of movies. Um, he. Uh, actually, J.J. Abrams. So he got really sick. J.J. did? No, no, no. This oh, guy. This dude. Okay. And J.J. let him see like. Oh, like Kevin Smith. I think. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Yes. Let him see like the, the. Your face is gonna melt. The last yeah. cut, and yeah. he said, "This is Star Wars's Endgame. Like this, it it is on that type of level okay. with how good it's gonna be." Good. That mi- I mean, good. Yes. I, I get. I see what you're saying. Like, Rise of Skywalker has a much lower floor 
than I think Mandalorian does because I think but Mandalorian has such a lower ceiling as far as what how good it can be to me than what Rise of Skywalker could be. Sure, that's fair. Either way, I'm excited for. Both. Yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I am too. I am too. <laughs> yeah, um, I just think it's awesome. We're gonna finally start to expand the universe. Yeah, uh, in a way where like we have no idea. Like Rogue One, we knew they're all gonna die. Yeah, you know. Yeah. This we have no idea what what could happen. Totally. Um I also think it'll be interesting because they're dropping them week by week. I don't know if yes, you knew that. I did see that. I am actually I, I, I like I'm that. a fan. I'm I a like fan that. of that. I, I, I like you that. You take some like this not nostalgia, but like excitement and stuff away from when when you can just binge something. Yeah. And I I'm a I'm a fan of like obviously I'm a fan of discussing the shit. I mean, what are right. we doing right now? Right. I like the fact that it comes out week by week. You can speculate. You can talk about it with your friends. It's like a talking point at the you know right. lunch table, shit like that. Like I, I am a fan of that. So I'm happy they went with that route. I am too. Um, the only line we hear throughout this trailer is "bounty hunting is a complicated profession." Yes, I I love that line. It's a great line. Um, we get a little action sequence of the Mandalorian shooting his little gun, and it looks dope. It does. Um, who? So we also see somebody in carbonite. Um, very similar to what happened to Han Solo. Who do do we have any prediction as to who we think? Honestly, is in it? I I missed that in the trailer. Really, I don't think I remember seeing that. Yep, somebody's in carbonite. Uh, I mean, the fact obviously it's hard to predict where we don't really know any of the characters. But I just thought that was that was interesting. Um, we don't think it's Han Solo, do we? I, I'm trying to remember what the timeline is. I know they dropped the Star Wars timeline. Yeah, I don't and I don't remember. think they had the Mandalorian in that timeline. Okay. But um, I don't know. My guess I, is this I, would be between I, four and six. I don't. Or, yeah, and or I don't. Three and six or three and four. Sorry. Okay. Right? Don't you think? May, yeah, maybe. So you saying you don't think it could be? I don't think it could. Okay. Be. I honestly think we could get a Job of the Hut uh, cameo because yeah, did you see? see? I don't know if you remember a lot that. Of did you do you remember seeing that girl with the like white yeah there tail was, hair or whatever yeah they looked like some characters and it kind of looked seen like background wise yes. like Jabba's yes layer totally. or whatever so I could definitely see Jabba which I would be okay with that'd yeah. be cool like I said you can tie in some like I mean Jabba's a pretty well known Star Wars character but some lesser known characters you could drop in some like oh yeah I heard about the Skywalker like you know different things like cool little mentions yeah. that would be really cool mm-hmm. uh, without having to make that like the focal point of the story uh, totally totally agree um do we i, I guess we've already kind of talked about expectations did, did you get like an old western vibe from this yeah i did too part I of it like part that. of it's probably just because it's like desert yeah on know, tattooing. but yeah true all right um any final thoughts on the Mandalorian? No, I'm excited for the next one. Let, let, okay, let, let, let's get let's into get this. Let's get into this then. The next one, Ewan McGregor and Lucasfilm announced at D23 that an Obi Wan Kenobi series is coming to Disney Plus. Did you Did you watch when Ewan came out at D23? No, I, I was just following on Twitter. I so didn't actually see out, him come out. He came out and I, he was with the head of I don't know if it's Lucas Kathleen Film. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, and he's like. Kathleen, <laughs> ask me if I'm going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi again. <laughs> and so she's like, Ewan, are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And he just like looks around and he goes, yes. <laughs> and the whole place went freaking nuts. That's it was, awesome. It literally gave me chills. Dude, it's perfect. He's God. like the perfect age 
where it's in between A and New Hope was, and Revenge of the Sith. It's absolutely. like perfect. And he was he by far made it out the best in the prequels as far yeah. as characters. Yeah. Prequels are going to be shitted on forever, right, wrong, indifferent. But I think everybody agrees. Like he was, he was casted perfectly uh-huh. and did a perfect job as Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And when when it was announced that we were getting an Obi Wan Kenobi movie and he wasn't like officially attached yet, everyone was like, "It has to be him. Right. It has to be him." Well, and I think even if you like pulled people of before we knew we were for sure getting individual spinoffs, like who would you want? I think Obi Wan would be near the top, and totally. especially because people are thinking Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan in that type of spinoff. Yeah, just because I think a lot of it comes down to the timing. Like, yeah, he's a perfect age where it's right in between. Yeah, I just, he played such a great role. There's so much in between Episode three and four that you could do. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just a really excited. Of, the The only blowback I've seen is people seem to be mad. They wanted it to be a Clone Wars still. Okay. Uh, like similar to the animated series okay. where it's him actually fighting because he was considered like in the old movies a lot of people talked about him as like basically a legend of the Clone Wars. Okay, and so people wanted to see wanted him like that. fighting in the Clone Wars, which could have been cool. But yeah. I think there's a lot more they can do in this storyline in this timeline. Do you as opposed to just doing Clone Wars stuff? Do you think that he? Do you think we venture off Tatooine in this show? Yeah, I think so. I, well, I think I think he won't start on Tatooine. I think eventually be, it might end coming. on Tatooine. Okay, okay. Because uh, eventually he's got to drop off Luke, right? Uh, yeah, that and I mean, in A New Hope, we see him in ta- like the desert area, right. of, or uh, not the the desert people in the little valleys the or people, whatever. Yeah. Sand people, yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be, a, but maybe maybe he just takes Luke right to Tatooine and stays on Tatooine. That's what I'm saying. I and mean, then, maybe it's just Tatooine, but. I could see him going to different galaxies. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see if they open it with him literally taking Luke to Tatooine and giving him, you know. Yeah, I I don't know. I I have, honestly, we don't know any of the plot line yet. Um, The scripts have reportedly been written and shooting for this series begins next year. I did not see anything that said this is like a one season thing. I don't yeah. really know. I, yeah. I could definitely see it being that. I I would assume. Like I I I've heard rumors that it might only be six episodes. Um which that's okay. Yeah. I, I just um Ewan's got other shit to and, do. True. But I think if this is successful, I think this could open up the door for maybe Disney Plus being the the platform where we get the spin off um, character based like miniseries, yeah, miniseries, yeah. kind of like what they're doing with Loki. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wandavision. Because, because we all wanted these character based movies. Now, um, especially with TV, you can delve so much much more into character and development. I think maybe Disney Plus could be the platform for that, where yeah. it could succeed. Um, so, my question to you would be, if that is the case, what character would you like to see have their own series? Okay. Uh, Mine is, I I know exactly what I want. Okay, the other thing that they can do in a TV show is they can just tackle so many more storylines. Yeah, that too. Anyway, all right, you go first. Mine is easily Darth Maul. I mean, I I just... There, we know nothing about Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Darth Darth Maul is one of the coolest villain characters. Uh, if you want to talk about his appearance, if you want to talk about the lightsaber, I just think there's so much going on that 
Darth Maul could be such a fucking badass. And I know he plays a, p- a part in the Clone Wars and all the Solo. maybe the Rebels or whatever. Solo. Uh, yeah, and, and Solo too. I forgot. I kind of forgot about that to be honest. But uh, yeah, so I, I I would love to see Darth Maul come back. Do you think we'll see Darth Maul in the Rise of Skywalker? No, okay. I don't either. Um, but I mean, obviously, we're gonna get Palpatine, so, so anything's like on the table. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to see Darth Maul? Like pre fighting, like basically pre before he gets chopped in half, or the like the 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 Clone Wars or whatever, yeah, where that's like they bring him back. I think I'd like to see before, yeah. like an origin, like Dar- how did Darth Maul get, story. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Uh, I mean, I just want to see Darth Maul, more Darth Maul. I yeah. just think he's a cool character honestly one of mine has always been count dooku uh i, d- I think the guy who played him died but you could do it <laughs> you could do a young count dooku because you remember he famously started as a jedi yeah was qui-gon jinn's uh, master and then turned to the dark side so kind of seeing him come up as a jedi trained qui-gon mm-hmm. and then you know why the hell did he switch to the dark side yeah uh could be an interesting so we one. both want dark side yeah I, I like that i think the dark side so outside of vader like you just and then palpatine from the prequels like we just don't know anything about those type of villains yeah and can we both agree like i love darth vader i think he's one of the most iconic villains of all time but we don't need more vader no we know his whole story exactly like, we've seen him from child to Big, beginning to end we don't need yeah, more no, vader nothing else like we don't need cameos in any of these like you know like no. leave vader be yeah. that's what i think you could reference him but I yeah i mean you could you. drop his name but i don't need to see vader to for it to be successful I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I mean, you could go on and on. I mean, I I know there was a really job of the hut a rumor yeah, that, that uh, I'm I, not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying in terms of like the movies that were. I, I really hope they Yoda. I really hope they don't try to do a droid thing with like C3PO and yeah. R2D2. That is something I could give a fuck less about. <laughs> you never fucking know with Disney, you man. Know, do you know if I want a fucking series full of? <laughs> you know what? No fucking thanks. I'll learn Morse code. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we'll get that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be cool if they went dark, dark side character based. That would be cool. But well, yeah, Grievous. I'm, what the hell happened to General Grievous? Yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't. You can yeah, leave him I, alone. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't know. need him anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm really fucking excited for this Kenobi series. It, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, let's keep it going with the Star Wars. We got a new. I don't know if I want to call it a trailer. Um, yeah, technically, they call teaser. it a special look, yeah. or maybe a sizzle reel. Sizzle reel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So ba- I've also heard it been called the legacy trailer. So we get kind of Which a look. No back. doubt it is. What? Which no doubt that it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the first forty-five seconds are just montages to yeah. the old characters. Ex- exactly. So we get we get this cool little montage of uh, these old scenes from basically. I think one from every episode, if at I'm not least, mistaken. At least. Except um, for, I don't know if we got anything from Phantom Menace. Yeah, I, we did because we saw Darth Maul. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we got him with the lightsaber. Yep. That, the yep. only memorable thing from Phantom Menace. <laughs> exactly. Thank God so, they didn't include Jar Jar. <laughs> true, true. No, it, going back to our last yeah. conversation, we're going to get a Jar Jar. We're gonna get a fucking <laughs> kid's show about Jar Jar. <laughs> no, but uh, so with this sizzle reel, we get a uh, little little scenes from each episode and then we get one shot of ray that's the only new footage we got right 
Or did we get more than that? No, did we, we got more than that. We Okay, you're right. We got a little bit on like a fallen Death Star, I think, right? Well, you, they show, I got to go back and watch this again. Yeah, Fuck, yes. They show like Kim and uh, uh, her and Finn and all of them on the desert. Oh, yep, yep, on yep, the yep. Desert. And God then damn, I think I'm they, slacking. I think they show Carrie Russell. Okay, I missed that, I think. Um, she's a she's like a bounty hunter, you know that, right? Yes. Yeah, so With she, like the helmet. She's supposed to She does look badass, though. Apparently, the rumor is like she is like a love interest or something of Pose. Okay. But a That'd lot of people have also theorized Speculated that it's Ray's mom. Ray's mom. Yeah. I've heard that theory. Um, which they kind of do look like. Um, what else did we see? Well, we got to talk about the most iconic yeah, thing that there was we something, saw. I thought there was something else, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, we saw the, the like... Uh, oh, the, we saw... Her. The space... Yep, the like space. Now, now I'm remembering, and then we saw Ray uh, throwing her lightsaber, much like Vader did. Yeah, and at the trees, the little, but it was the little ball thing that. Remember when uh, Luke first got oh, the lightsaber and he was training? training. Yeah. Okay, and then we saw Kylo Ren shooting his lightsaber in the ground and like dragging his lightsaber. That was cool. Yeah, and then the the then craziest the, of scenes. Yep, we see Ray in dark robes. With the hood up. With the hood up. With a foldable two-sided red lightsaber. What the fuck? Yeah, that was crazy. Crazy. On one hand, I'm like, why do you why are you showing me this? On the other hand, it was fucking incredible. It was so dope. What's our take on that specifically? So obviously Well, one, we want to sell more merchandise. So we're given a new lightsaber. It, okay, fair. Okay. Uh, although there was apparently this was there was a foldable lightsaber in one of the animated shows. I so did hear that. I heard it as canon. Yeah. yeah, this isn't the first um, foldable lightsaber in the Star Wars universe, technically. Okay, um, but obviously, so obviously, just my, seeing it, yeah, we're we're to assume that Ray is on the dark side. Yeah, my guess is it's probably some type of vision or okay, something. That, I don't like. I don't see foresee Ray being a villain of any sort. Okay, so there's just not I've enough heard, time. I've it's the last movie. We can't have her go dark and then come back. Yeah, and within one movie, or does she just go fully fucking dark? No, because that would be wild. Like, bro. think of Luke's transformation. Like the dark side was always flirting with him. Like it was always of like, you know, mm-hmm. it, at least like throughout Episode Five, it was like Luke joined me. Like he's yeah. he's battling his inner self. Like. Should I join him? Should I not? It's my father. I can't kill him. I can't face him. And then, you know, six, towards the end, we finally feel, like really realize, like, oh, he is the guy who's bringing balance to the Force, where, like, even Anakin, going back to Anakin in the prequels, you see the inner struggle, you know, with the Jedi Order the whole time. With Rey, there has not been any struggle. Like, she's been very true to herself. It would feel very shallow, I feel like. To have her switch and then just come right back. Yeah. Okay. Unless if you're going full twist and she's just going to be a villain. which That's what I... Yeah. I mean, that's, cool. That'd be dope, but I, w- so I many, would doubt it. There's so many routes you could take with this. I've heard a lot of theories. I've heard um, the vision. I've heard that one. Um, I've heard... Uh, what, if it's not even, what if it's not even in the movie? I could see that and I would be a little <laughs> butthurt about that. I've heard a uh, rumor that they're making clones and I think it's also tied with we see C3PO with the red eyes. Okay. Yeah. Um, that would make sense. So, I don't know if they're making like a like a 
a dark side ray. Um, I, I've heard a lot, a lot of different theories. Um, I don't know. I want to see cool more Maz. I, I do kind of like that one, the clone yeah, we, one. Yeah, yeah. We saw none of Maz. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. J.J. Abrams in episode, in episode seven hyped her up so much, and then Rian Johnson yeah, didn't use her at all. I mean, very little, and it was kind of a throwaway line. I just, I think she could play an integral part into what Ray's background is. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, there's just so much ground they have to cover in this movie. I I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous. I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I hope they get it right. I don't know. But you like the clone theory. I do. I think that would be a cool theory. Okay. I've also heard the theory in terms of the clone as she's been a clone the whole time. Like, Yeah, that's too far-fetched for me. I, 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 I heard something along the lines of her coming out uh, and she's so powerful right away Where as we had to see Luke learn the Force. Whereas in The Force Awakens, she just has it and she can instantly defeat Kylo Ren. And maybe that's Vader in her. Like maybe they're pulling DNA from Palpatine and Vader and all this shit. I've heard so many fucking theories. Yeah, and we're getting a little far-fetched at this point. We are. And I mean, at this point, we who fucking knows? So, okay. Um, is that all we have for the Rise of Skywalker? Should we get into some Spidey? Yes, let's get into some Spidey. This is going to be a big one. So, reports came out that Spider-Man could be out of the MCU if Sony and Marvel slash Disney can't reach a deal. Sony is pointing the finger at Marvel, and Marvel is pointing the finger back at Sony. Everyone is playing the blame game. Apparently, Disney slash Marvel wanted a 50-50 split to keep Spider-Man in the MCU. Sony reportedly wouldn't even give Marvel 30%. Tom Holland took to his Instagram after all this shit came out to post pictures of him and Robert Downey Jr. hiking which had many people speculating that Holland could... Basically, they were speculating which side he is for. And from that perspective, it looks like he's siding with Marvel. Um, Holland is contractually obligated to play Spider-Man. This could be wrong. I think this is correct, but correct uh, if you know or don't don't quote me on this. I think two more times. I think he has to play Spider-Man at least one more time, but I think uh, two more times. It's either two or three. Two or three? Okay. Uh, if you want to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's it's at least two times. Uh, Deadline first reported that Marvel will not produce any further Spider-Man films in the MCU due to an inability between Sony and Disney to reach new terms that would have given Disney a larger co-financing stake on any Spider-Man films moving forward. According to The Hollywood Reporter, um, Sony film studio chief Tom Rothman and Marvel president Kevin Feige have been talking for months. In the end, near, neither party was willing to cede enough ground to come to an agreement leading to the breakup of the partnership and removal of Feige from his producing role on any for future Spider-Man movies from Sony. Holland was quoted saying, basically, we've made five great movies. It's been five amazing years. I've had the time of my life. Who knows what the future holds, but all I know is that I'm going to continue playing Spider-Man and having the time of my life. It's going to be fun. 
however we choose to do it. The future for Spider-Man will be different, but it will be equally as awesome and amazing and we'll find new ways to make it even cooler. I love you 3000. Love the, I love you 3000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Feige was quoted saying, we got to make five films within the MCU with Spider-Man, two standalone films, and three with the Avengers. It was a dream that I never thought would happen. It was never meant to last forever. We knew there was a finite finite amount of time that we'd be able to do this, and we told the story we wanted to tell, and I'll always be thankful for that. Okay, can I just stop right yes. there real quick? Those are all my quotes. Yeah. I just wanted to give a little background yes. before we actually talk the about Feige it. The Feige quote is such bullshit. You didn't put all this stock into making Spider-Man the new Tony Stark slash Iron Man. And potential thinking, villain. Thinking, Shit. thinking that... Yep, this is it. This is yeah. all we have with Spider-Man. Like, that's such a bullshit quote. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much more story to tell within the MCU with him, especially with where they left off from Far From Home. Right. What the fuck? But everyone thinks he's a villain now. Like, well, what the fuck? And the theme in Far From Home was, dude, you're the leader. Like, yeah. You're the, you're, this is it. Like, exactly. Step the fuck up. Exactly. That was just a, like a quote, like a cover my ass quote. Yeah. I get no it. No doubt. That was a, let me put off the persona that, yeah take spider-man we don't care but yeah but also with his quote it sounds like it sounds like from that quote spider-man's done yeah. and i know when we no. originally talked so when this all broke i thought that it was done like spider-man's done in the mcu it's not gonna happen but then you were like nah nah they're negotiating they're talking and then more news came out and it seemed like they were still negotiating we haven't really gotten an update yet um since all this broke but uh i don't know man this is this is messy here's this the thing. Is gonna get messy no it's not they it's have not. they have basically a full year to negotiate because spider-man's come out pretty much what every two years at this base e, i think there's so. not going to be a team-up movie where spider-man is needed for at least three years so we're really not needing him in a Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. So you could realistically wait three years if you negotiate for another year, film the next, and then release you know that third year. There's plenty of time for them to make a deal. Sony, Sony can't possibly think that they can just pick up Spider Man with like transferring him to their universe yeah, and throwing him against like Venom, which exactly. is what a lot of people talk about. That would about. be the only route they could take and it would right. be so fucking messy. Right. And it would just it would be so bad for them. Um, it would definitely it would it would genuinely be a soft reboot. Yes. Yes. Because they still have to have Tom Holland. Right. Where but at the same time you can't reference any of the Marvel movies. Right. So I it would be so fucking messy. So this this is all posturing. Eventually Listen, money is not an obstacle for for Marvel for Disney. They've made a ton of money. They'll figure out a deal. They'll whether you know they have to give a little bit more than they initially thought. Um, they'll come to a deal. Spider Man is the best. The the last Spider Man, uh, what Far From Home, was the number one money making movie in Sony history. Okay, mm -hmm. they're gonna give it back to Marvel. It's just a matter of well, if not when. Let let me play devil's advocate here. So if I'm Sony. Um, I don't like I, I, I get that it's still owned by Sony, 
they would never just fully give it up to right. Marvel. Right. But I, I was listening to a podcast where Disney has enough money. Why don't they just outwardly buy Spider-Man yeah, for uh, $3 billion? Dollars, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know? Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the right move. But if I'm Sony to play devil's advocate, if I'm Sony, I would I wouldn't want to give him up because he is my biggest fucking money maker. If you look in the Sony library, and I don't know off the top of my head the biggest um, aside from Spider Man, the biggest Sony properties probably fucking Venom. Well, yeah, I, it, not superheroes though. Okay. I mean, like other movies or yeah. TV shows. Um, I I don't know I I I if I'm Sony I am fighting tooth and nail to keep fucking Spider Man at all costs I I, yeah, I, yeah. I hope they come to a deal because I mean as a fan as uh, you know I, I want to keep this story going and yeah. cohesive I want them to make a deal and this to keep working how it should be working. But if, like, to play devil's advocate, and if I'm Sony, I, I'm fighting with everything I have to keep Spider-Man. Yeah. Did you think, see that, though? Well, I'm not saying you're, you're, you're buying Spider-Man's rights. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I, I think what you're... You're going to keep the rights to Spider-Man. You're just going to lease him out for five more movies, essentially. Like, there's... there's you're going to make more money in the long run, even though you're splitting profits or whatever... With mm. with Marvel making the movie because they've proven, hey, we know how to fucking make movies and you don't. Also, I'm sure they're getting some type of money for him even appearing in like Doctor Strange or whatever, you know, Captain America, uh, Civil War. Mm. So, so you're that's money that you wouldn't have gotten if you just have the exclusive rights to Spider Man. Yeah, I totally agree. I I. As as a personal standpoint, I 100% hope they strike a deal, and I hope this continues. There's with no Marvel. doubt in my mind they will. No doubt in my mind. I don't know, man. I'm scared. That that that. It's all public posture. Okay. All right. That just like that quote that Feige said. That sounds like they're done. Like that's because they have to play it that they way. They have to. Yeah. I don't know. I I I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I don't know though. I. So much. They, okay. Literally, if, if Spider Man is taken out of the MCU, Marvel's like fucked. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Storytelling wise. Yeah. Money wise, no. Well, they yeah, could no, do whatever the fuck they want. Wise, yeah. It's going to ruin all of this shit that they've very carefully crafted and built. Yeah. The, They're not going to let that happen. They have too from, much. They have too much money to let that. Far happen. from home played an integral part. In the future of the MCU, yes. that's what blows my fucking mind with this. It's just insane. And, the, and Sony knows that, and that's why Sony's posturing here because they know they have the leverage. Yeah. So let's let's live in a world where they don't strike a deal. Sony has to make their own uh, Spider-Man movies. What do you see? I guess from both sides, what what do you see happening for the Spider-Man movies? I mean, does it have to be Spider-Man versus Venom? Will they create a Sinister Six? Yeah, they'd probably have to do a Sinister Six, except for you can't use probably Michael Keaton as Vulture. I, don't I would know. assume I don't know. not. I, I would assume know. they couldn't do that. but Maybe they, they could. There's so many different um, variations of yeah. the Sinister Six. Yeah, you, that, could you could loop in out. so many different characters. Yeah. Like You could Green throw in Goblin. Doc Ock and Green Goblin and yeah. all these different characters. If, if they for sure, Sony would do another... Uh, 
uh, um, Osborne type character, and I would agree. And they hinted at that in Far From Home, right? You know? So they they'd go back to to kind of what they did, I think, in in the uh, Tobey Maguire ones. It would be similar to that, yeah. And I love Spider Man. I'd watch those movies. I would just be very disappointed because they started boy- something big. You what'd you say? I might boycott. <laughs> you if, might boycott if Zendaya wasn't in it. I, I would boycott, but she's in it, so I gotta go support my girl. Zendaya is killing it in 2019. I won't lie. Um, so on the MCU side, that I feel like that gets even more messy. Yeah, that that's where it gets real messy. I mean, Sony. It, I mean, they'll just piss all over themselves, and we'll expect it because they're toddlers. <laughs> uh, MCU wise, it, it is tough. I mean, the, to me, the only out is. A quick mention of yeah, Spider Man killed Mysterio. He wasn't who we thought he was, so um, he's out. Yeah, we locked him up. <laughs> that means such a cop out. Oh man, that'd be interesting. But I mean, that probably would have him. That or him dying would be the only way to really do it. Or I maybe mean, they re-release Endgame and he doesn't get brought back from the snap. <laughs> a third, a third hey, attempt. It back. A third attempt at getting this. I already got it. So, but uh, yeah, man, this could get so messy. Yeah, <sighs> you hate to see it as it'll, a fan. You hate to see this. It, they'll figure it out. There's I, too much money from Disney side that they won't eventually just back up the truck. I I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. All right, anything else on Spidey? Nope. All right. Godspeed, Spidey. Hashtag save Spidey. All right, uh, some more Disney Plus stuff, and then we'll get into uh, what I've been waiting for. Um, so we got some new series announced at for Disney Plus at D23. They announced a She-Hulk, a Miss Marvel, and a Moon Knight series. Um, so She-Hulk, uh, I, I believe she's like an attorney, Obviously, she's going to turn into some sort of Hulk. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Cold analysis. What? Yeah. Great analysis there, right? Uh, Ms. Marvel, I believe, is like a, a fan. first uh, Muslim yep. superhero. She'll be a Muslim superhero. Um, I believe she is a fan of the real Captain Marvel. And I don't know how she gets her powers or anything. I've also heard she's an inhuman. So I, this one, the one dude we followed on um, Conrad, yeah, he was tweeting something about how she's an inhuman. So this could be Disney shot at retconning that shitty ass show that got canceled on ABC, the Inhumans, and maybe looping it back into the MCU. I don't know how it works or how it happens. I don't know much about her. All I know is she's a fan of Captain Marvel, and she's going to be the first Muslim superhero. So it could be cool. And I think she's a younger hero, so yeah. that's interesting. Um, Moon Knight is where I'm most intrigued. I don't. I, I, I believe he's a Jewish superhero. Um, I knew that. I, the only reason I say that is because I saw that from the Conrad dude, and it plays a part into his background or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, this one I'm most excited about that but dude we follow I don't know if he's like a Marvel insider or something but he's by far most excited about this yeah um, he's kind of compared moonlight to like uh 
Batman in a sense. Okay, um, I like that. Really kind of dark, but like real ground level, street level. Um, See, type, those are my type, favorite type, type of superhero. my favorite type of heroes, uh, man. Apparently, he's pretty like real violent and kind of graphic in okay. the comics. See, um, I could see this maybe tying into the the horror Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. And maybe Blade. Um, yeah, so it'll be I've, it'll be interesting. That that's the most intriguing one to me. I I agree. I I've heard for a long time. I know a lot of Marvel fans have, um, campaigned for Keanu Reeves to get mm-hmm. Moon Knight a, a role. That was before we knew he was getting his own series. So maybe that isn't feasible. But um. I, that'd be really cool if we yeah. got a big star like Keanu Reeves to play Absolutely. that and loop him into the to the cinematic universe. Yeah. So, a lot, lot to look forward to for Disney Plus. All we know is Disney Plus is a must now. Yeah, if yeah. you're a Marvel fan or a Star Wars fan, yeah, it's, a, it's you have to yeah. you have to get or Disney if you have Plus. Children, I mean, yeah, that too. It, it's remember it's, when it's we wild. had this this debate and you weren't you weren't on my side about that. I think Disney Plus is going to be the king of all these streaming services. Because you were like, they just are all for like kids. Like it's a kids' library. Yeah, I mean, I think I was right, dog. Well, <laughs> I, I still stand by that. I think Netflix is going to play a big role. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll get in yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, into that yeah. a little bit later because we have. I want to throw in some other points. Um, it came out today that, uh, and this isn't really the biggest surprise, but it kind of leads us into a different conversation. Um, but Disney Plus will be, everything on there will be PG-13 or softer, uh, which might not be a surprise, um, but I, that leads to the question, like, where does the R-rated Disney content, such as a Deadpool, which is a Fox property, but now it's Disney, right. and all the other movies that Stuber. are... Yeah, like, like yeah, like technically Disney. Any movie, yeah, any movie that is now uh, that was Fox that was rated R is now a Disney property. Where do those go? Um, I was watching a pod uh, podcast today that said Hulu will be the platform for that. So makes sense. Those like a Deadpool will just go straight to who? Not straight to Hulu, but that will. That's where it it will end up. Yeah. And especially with the the bundle, right. that will be more of incentive with the bundle. Um, so I could see that. Um, my my kind of loop in with the the Netflix talk is this: is this a smart move to make everything PG thirteen for Disney when its competitor Netflix already has a plethora of R rated content already on the platform and coming, especially with the Ironman, the Irishman, which we're just about to talk to stuff like that, which. I mean, you can do nudity, anything on Netflix, whereas it's not really that. That's not Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah, I, you don't think it'll hurt them? I don't think it'll hurt them. I don't know, bro. Uh, There's not that many people that are like, oh, I only want rated R content. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's fair. I, as far as nudity, Pornhub's free. Like, you know what I mean? Like. That, <laughs> that there's enough you, you can do, and like I I think that's right about Hulu. If you really want rated R, it's twelve bucks. It's cheaper to get three streaming services than to get Netflix, because Netflix is more expensive than those three at that bundled price. Um, just watch it on Hulu. That, that that's fair. And on the same podcast I was watching, um, they were questioning. Netflix's longevity in the streaming wars because 
because right now Netflix is the the first one to break ground in the streaming wars, oh, yeah. and they're they're winning right they're now. They're so far ahead. Yeah, just from an IP standpoint. But let me throw this out there: they don't they 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 don't share with us like viewership or money reasons. So the Irishman that we're just about to talk about, but we can preface it with this. Let's say, how are we supposed to know if it's a, if it is a success, they poured 200 fucking million dollars into the Irishman uh, movie, making it production wise. How are we supposed to know if they made that back or if it made a profit? Netflix does not share that information. And well, that's, that's just some because they are a publicly traded company. Well, you can so, probably so, figure so it so out. We see, and for the Irishman specifically, I mean, it is going to have a box office. Yeah, release. and that, that's just so, one example. But right, I'm, I'm right, talking, right. I'm talking all the Netflix I, I originals, believe, right? I believe TV show wise, yeah. they don't share that shit. I, I believe there is a way. I was actually listening. David Spade was on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and he was talking about um, one of the movies that he made with Sandler for Netflix okay. was their most streamed um, movie. So like they and obviously the, track it. I'm sure there's a and way that's streaming, but does that correlate into right. dollars? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm the sure there's, way, I'm sure Netflix knows, but yeah, I don't think they share that. Yeah. I don't know if they really, the only way they, you'd think dollars is if they have subscriptions or not. Yeah, it, it's just it's an interesting yeah. conversation, interesting to think about, especially with the Irishman. Yeah, you know because that they it's have one a, of the most expensive movies of this generation. Yeah, you know they have a way to track their 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 ROI, their return on investment for yeah. every project they and, do. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep making stuff. But but enough to play devil's advocate, you see a bunch of these shows getting can- uh, the the Netflix Marvel shows they get can and that could be yeah, because but of this some of it was some of it's probably because Disney Plus and Marvel didn't give a fuck about them yeah but like i know there's uh there's one that a lot of cult following p- uh fans got pissed the OA got canceled after 3 seasons um there was another one that got canceled after 3 seasons there there Netflix has a trend that an original show it goes for 3 seasons and it's done and i think most recently, that OA one, which I, I think I've watched like two episodes of. Yeah. It's super weird. I, I've heard that it, it it's not like they went in knowing it's going to be three seasons. They they leave you on a cliffhanger, and then they just all of a sudden cancel it. Yeah. So what I'm assuming there is they can do the math of, okay, here's how many people truly watch this, you know, based off that, that's not enough viewers for us to – make money essentially off of therefore we're slashing it mm-hmm. that would be my guess that's how they're internally yeah. tracking all of that yeah stuff. and i just think it's an inter- interesting yeah, no, conversation no in no the doubt. realm of the streaming wars i don't i'm not really on a side here i just i i i'm on I, the side I, that I, I love this conversation i'm on the side that i think i think netflix days are numbered i really do okay i mean like how not, soon not not that soon i, I like they, i still think they have three to five years because not everybody's streaming services are up and ready. There's going to be problems. Disney plus I, I like they've just had this, like they're, they're such a staple in this industry now that, they, that they just have such a competitive advantage from the, all that experience, all the IP they've collected. Do you think it has, some of it has to do with that, the, the money aspect of it. And 
maybe they're maybe they're well i mean it's just more expensive i mean i can i can either like if i was like wow i have 15 bucks to spend this month i can either get netflix or i can get hulu espn plus and disney like, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick the three rather than the one true i mean and, and i mean netflix uh, at some point with once all these streaming services are up it's damn near gonna be their own content and nothing left. Yeah, exactly. Because that's where we I have, think it hurts. Them. We have Apple TV Plus coming. We have an NBC platform coming. We have HBO Max, which With is the like Warner FX Brothers coming. Warner Brothers. Yeah, so. I mean the streaming wars are upon us. Yeah, and it, so and all that's going to do is just be consolidation. So eventually, it's going to be well, we're going to keep all of our titles on our own platform, every man for themselves. Until someone like Disney starts to monopolize and buys Netflix and then takes on all of their stuff. Goddamn. It's all coming. It'd be crazy, man. But to to argue, they do have a Netflix, that is. They do have a lot of quantity now. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No you doubt. know. I, I just, uh, it's a very intriguing conversation that, that uh, it's it's cool to think about. All right, moving on. Any, anything else on that? No. Okay. Uh, Kit Harrington, a.k.a. Jon Snow is joining the MCU as the Black Knight in the upcoming Eternals movie. Um, I've heard rumors that this this character could loop into a new like piece of the Avengers. So yeah, I think he's going to play a mainstay. I think he's going to be yeah. a prominent role. I tried to do a little bit of research as to who the Black Knight is and what yeah. he kind of is. I couldn't really find a lot other than the fact that he's like King Arthur era um so what i got from like wikipedia and some other sources is like the black knight is a scientist named dane whitman who's heir uh who is heir to a legacy that stretches back to the days of king arthur so when i hear that i think they got kid harrington because they know that kind of king arthur medieval vibe that he can do that from game of thrones and then he has the cosmic powers that could go yeah. on into an MCU universe. And I think he has a sword. Yeah, he has a sword, I think. I mean, it just it, it screams Jon Snow to me with powers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of I vibe with. I think it could be cool. The one cool thing I, I don't really have much to add about Kit Harrington or the internals because I just don't know enough about him. We have so much time oh, yeah. to to kind of more will come out. Right. Um did you see the uh what all the actors look like in there. Yeah, that was really was cool. I'm cool. really excited for the Eternals the just because we know nothing about them. I think the Eternals, as far as the the stuff they've announced for, uh, what, phase, is it phase four we're on? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I think that's the one I'm most intrigued by. As I, far as ones that like that are new. I, I agree. I probably more, most, of all the movies they announced at um, Comic-Con, was it Comic-Con? Mm-hmm. Okay. S S or, San, or no. San Diego twenty three comic. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. Hall H. Yep. Yes. Correct. Um, that one I think I'm the most excited for, just because we know nothing about him. I mean, yeah. we don't have expectations, right? So, I don't know. I I think it could be could be cool. All right, moving on. Uh, director Ryan Coogler and Marvel announced that Black Panther two will hit theaters on May 6, twenty twenty two. Um, I found I found it kind of interesting. They didn't say anything about it at Comic Con. They left it for D twenty three. Kind yeah. of an interesting move. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to add here? Do we want to predict story? No, or I think this is another one. We we've got a long time. True. 
Do you want to talk about the little tidbit that you sent me about the dude in the plane? Because you seem to know more about it than I remembered, I guess. Oh, Martin Freeman? Yeah. Uh, Martin Short, I think his name is. Um, I don't remember. But he was the the FBI dude, right? FBI agent that... um, And he's confirmed to be back for this one? He's confirmed to be back. That's that's the tidbit? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm all here for a Black Panther 2. I'm glad they got Ryan Krugler back. Totally. It's a good hire. Totally. But, yeah, we'll have plenty of time to theorize and predict. Exactly. It does sound like they are starting to uh, cast for Neymar as the, the villain. Oh, really? Yeah. That That's the rumor that, that he's the, is the villain. Yeah. Because they also kind of hinted at him in the endgame. I'd be all right with that. That'd be yeah. cool. All right. This is what I've been waiting for. We got br- to dive into this. Hold I'm, on, I'm real excited. Quick, Disney yep. Plus. Did you see uh, they're going to reboot uh, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, I did see that. That was funny. The other one, that was your shit back in the day, wasn't it? Was, it? I, was a big, <laughs> I had a big crush on Hillary Duff. Um, the they were one, be- rebooting a bunch of shit. Yeah, Home Alone. Was, uh, yeah. Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I mean, I the don't know. The other one was uh, they're doing a High School Musical TV yep, show. High School Musical. Uh, so they actually dropped a trailer for it. Uh-huh. It actually looks really good. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like, Did you watch it? High School Musical is out there, and they're like yeah, making like, a musical. Like, I, High School was, Musical is a movie. Exactly. And we're real people. It is cool. I, I think I, it's great. I think that I was think smart. It was phenomenal. That was smart. It, I, I will watch it. I was like, when it first got announced, I was like, that's going to be terrible. They're just going to be like new kids at East High mm-hmm. playing basketball and doing plays like but this is actually looks pretty good. Even the other like off, not off brand but like other trailers. I we got a Lady in the Tramp trailer which it was yeah. fine. Uh the oh, Noel the Christmas Noel movie looks that awesome. that looks good. I'm all the way Um and it. then the Jeff Goldblum thing. Yeah. <laughs> I if I'm bored I might just watch I will it. I'll probably never watch, but it does look interesting. <laughs> it he's looks a, he's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. So, all right. D- Disney Plus has a it's, lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's get into some Irishmen. Um, so I, I checked the last podcast. It's been so it, we go on so long in the pot, podcast now that I don't even remember if we talked about this shit or not because content builds up and we're like we have to talk about this. Wait, did we already talk? About this? <laughs> I think. But uh, uh, I went back and I'm pretty sure we did not discuss the Irishman trailer in the last podcast. So we have to talk about it. I've been waiting for this movie for years. The trailer was fucking amazing. I will just say it right off the bat that yep. I thought it looked beautiful. Um, so let's first let's talk because it also um, the trailer came out a few weeks ago, but then just like the other day, the date came out and the running time and the running time and all that. So let's talk about that and then we'll break down the trailer. Um, so Netflix announced Martin Scorsese's upcoming gangster epic will be will hit select theaters. Keyword select theaters on uh, November 1st and begin streaming on Netflix on November 27th. That's almost a full month, not quite, but almost a full month in theaters. So Martin Scorsese kind of, kind of not really got his way to a certain extent. He didn't get the wide theatrical release that he wanted, but in terms of the time, he got more than the two-week minimum to be nominated for an Oscar. Um. So first of all, first question: Do we think that's a smart strategy for Netflix? It's an interesting one. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because we don't really have a comparison. I guess the only other comparison in terms of like award season movie, it did it was nowhere Roma. near. Yeah, Roma. But I don't know. If it's that nowhere really got near like the production. Like like a full. I think it got like the two or three weeks okay. minimum. 
and then and it wasn't it was on, on the Netflix. scale as this, obviously. No. But so much money is pumped into this movie. The star yeah. power in this. So movie. it'll be interesting. It's kind of one of those things where if it's successful, you, this could be the blueprint for big budget Netflix movies moving forward. Yeah, and here's the if, if I'm Netflix to play the devil's advocate because I wanted a wide theatrical release, but to play devil's advocate. If I'm Netflix and I I am pumping so much money, two hundred million fucking dollars into this movie, I want it on my platform as soon as fucking possible. Well, yeah, but you if also, I'm Netflix, the reason it's smart to go limited though instead of worldwide is you can generate enough buzz where people will start talking about it and being like, "Holy shit, you got to see this movie!" And then they need and to then see it they're on like, "Okay, well now I have to go to Netflix to watch it because yeah. it's not near me." Yeah. So I think it's smart tactical. Um, you know, operating out of Netflix from that standpoint. Okay. Do you think it'll play in Des Moines, Iowa? I think so. You think? I think. I think the. I hope so. I feel man. like all the big, you know, bigger cities will. What? will get it. Okay. I was gonna say. So the next tidbit. Um. Yeah. So. I guess if they're going real limited, like well, let me, just like L.A., Chicago, New York. Let me. So what I read is the so it's premiering at uh, Tribeca. Right. Which is, it was Robert De Niro's movie festival, so it's fitting. It's premiering September twenty seventh at the festival. It's the opening night movie. Then it is hitting L.A. and New York on November first, and then the eighth it'll go to more, and then the week after that it'll go to more, more and more until it hits Netflix. So maybe it won't hit Des Moines until like the mid November. Right. right. Which that will fucking suck because I want to see this shit so yeah. bad. Um, but so I don't know. My que- another fun question is: Would you travel to see this movie? I would travel to see this fucking movie. Like you how know far? how high? What what what's the distance? Like Omaha, or Chicago. Chicago's like six hours. It is. I know. Make a weekend of it. What about like KC? That's only like two, two and a half. I would go to KC to see it for sure. KC might be more. If it's KC, I'll make a weekend out of it with you. But okay. Chicago, Chicago's too much. Yes, yeah, I lot. just figured like Chicago movie prices, is a bigger probably city. like thirty bucks to see a movie there. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, KC, I, I would, I would be down. Okay, if if it doesn't if play, Omaha if it doesn't play in Des Moines, Des Moines doesn't, yeah, we riot. All right, that's fair. Um, so I was in terms of like the wide theatrical release. Um, so this plays into that. So apparently big chain movie theaters like AMC don't want to play The Irishman with so the fear of it opening the floodgates for these shorter releases. Um, yeah, because then they can't. Uh, I, I kind of it, it, Honestly, it's a de- – like you think like to the, to the casual movie fan, like this is just like a conversation. Oh, it comes out November 1st. But honestly, if you peel back the layers, this has a – like big implications for the future of movies. Here would be my counter argument against that. I don't know if you have an opinion either way. Okay. Do you? Well, you you to what? I guess to to like AMC and like the big chain theaters not wanting to release it with the I, fear of it. I get it. I get it. I just think it's inevitable. Like, um, I think they need to adapt. I, I, yeah. You know. Here, here's here's my thought process on why I think that's a dumb idea. To, for them not to want to play. Yes. Okay. If a movie... Scarcity is such an important thing in business. Okay. The less you have of something, the more expensive it is, the more people want... You know, like that type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. If if I can say, listen, I have this movie for two weeks. You have two weeks to see it. 
Everybody that wants to see that movie now knows, okay, I have two weeks. We got to get to the theater. Yeah. So if you give them, give it to them, knowing they only have two weeks, think about the type of money. If it's a you know, big time movie, you can make in two weeks. Yeah, I get you're not going to have it for as long. So you're not going to make as much money as if it was, you know, in the theaters for a month or two or mm-hmm. however long movies are in theaters nowadays. Yeah. So, so I think you can like pump money from these movies for just a couple weeks. Yeah. And then, you know, then if, if you really start doing it long term, now we just have, okay, that two weeks is over. What's our next streaming movie that we're going to have for two weeks? Yeah. And you can just like cycle it that way. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad idea. And I mean, even if it does, even wide release movies, the majority of the money that comes from uh, the box office goes in those first couple weeks. Right. Especially the opening weekend. Right. And if it sucks. If you're really excited about a movie, you're going to see it on the first week. Right. And if it sucks, it's not a fucking drag on your, like, just playing with dead air yeah. for, you know, an extra three weeks. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's more efficient, honestly. Yeah. And... I don't know. I think there could be a compromise. Like, I don't think it has to be exactly two weeks. Well, yeah. Like, give it a month. Right. You know? Like, I think a month is a feasible thing for both parties. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. So, like like we said, these chains normally show the these type of movies for 90 days before they go on to Blu-ray or the streaming. Um, or they sit in limbo until they go to Blu-ray. You know, that whole thing. So, um, we talked about, we talked about this, but... I guess, is there a future implication for um, movies in terms of this rollout? Like, could theaters be on the way out, I guess, is the is the big well, question. That's, that's the question every year, is are theaters is. dying? But but especially with this Irishman rollout and the the how big of a potential this movie could be, I feel like it's more prominent yeah. of a conversation now. There's always going to be... Uh, like, do you think there will be a, a day hunger. theaters will be gone? No, I don't think so. I think there's always going to be a thirst or a hunt. Like, there's just some movies you just have to see in the big screen yeah. with the like. I think, I of, think like, this is one. I think of like Endgame. Yeah, Endgame's great. It's amazing, but it's so much better in theater than if you were just watching it totally on your couch. And I don't think movies uh, theaters are going away. I think they'll always be here to an extent. I could see a future where. We only get the big blockbuster yeah. movies like an Endgame or like a Lion King in the movie theater, whereas we get these indie Oscar movies straight to you know the streaming services. And listen, which I don't know if I'm here for. I, I people, want to see the Irishman in the and theater. And listen, people want to take their little kids to try to get them to shut up for a couple of hours to get <laughs> them out of the house. Like, there's always going to yeah. be a desire for people to go to theaters. And aside from the, the kids, it's a communal experience when when you go to a movie. It, oh, yeah. it, there's something about experiencing a big movie on the big screen for the first time with other people oh, yeah. enjoying the same like thing. Like the end game experience was so fun with people high we're getting hyped when people would clap, like all people that were stuff. crying, yeah. people high fiving. Yeah, it was I agree, totally. I, just, I I I find this conversation very intriguing. Like I love thinking about media in the futures and yeah, no doubt. piecing it back to shit that's actually happening now. Um, so let let's break down this trailer. There's a lot going on. It's fucking uh, it's great. It's great. Um, you've seen the trailer, right? I mean, it's yes. been maybe a, a little bit, but okay. So we're I'm gonna basically go like piece by piece with it. So we first see Joe Pesci as mob boss Russell Buffy Buffalino. 
um, passing the phone to Robert De Niro as Hitman Frank Sheeran. Al Pacino as Teamsters president Jimmy Hoffa is on the phone talking to Frank Sheeran as Robert De Niro. Um, so first of all, what do you think of these portrayals? When you first see them, uh, what 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 goes through your head? Yeah, so I don't know enough about any of these like re- like Jimmy Hoffa, yeah. very real character. Like, I'm I'm talking more in terms of the actors. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's just it's nostalgia is what it is. Yeah. The one thing I am gonna say, I think we need to do some like Jimmy Hoffa research. There's actually some like uh, Jimmy Hoffa movies, okay, like biopic type stuff. Sure. I think we should see those before we go see this movie. I don't know. That way we just know, like, have an idea of who Jimmy Hoffa is. I feel like I already kind of do know. I mean, he's the Teamsters union president. He's corrupt, obviously. Um, I think that's really all you need to know. I feel like there's probably some, like, little detail, like, background stuff that might be cool to to know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I just... Personal thing. It's a personal thing. I'm going to stay away. I I want Martin Scorsese's portrayal. All right. right. (laughs) Keep going. But uh, in terms of the portrayal when I first see him... Joe Pesci's the first one to me because he's been retired and we haven't yeah. seen him forever. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah. And the fact that he's going to be the mob boss in this one. And uh, Casino and Goodfellas, he's kind of like the sidekick. Yeah. He's going to be the boss this time. I, I dig that. Yeah. Um, Pacino just seems like a great Jimmy Hoffa. I, like, I, I, like you said, we don't really know much about Jimmy Hoffa. Um, De Niro, they digitally de-aged him and it... it it's so good that I couldn't even really like tell, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, you could, but like, it's not outwardly distracting, if you will. Thought that was great. Um, then we see Pesci passing a ring um, to somebody. I would assume De Niro. I don't really know. And he says only three people in the world have one of these. And only one of them is Irish. So he is an Italian mafia mafioso passing this ring to an Irish dude. I would assume uh, Pacino, Says to De Niro, I heard you paint houses. And then he says, yes, sir, I do. And then this, I, I'm going to just drop some mafia knowledge on you guys if you don't know. This is Hoffa asking Sheeran in code if he murders people, if he, you know, is a, a hitman. Is a hitman. Yeah. And we obviously, uh, De Niro, he says, yes, I do, sir. Uh, we, we, we see him shoot somebody in the trailer to confirm this. So painting houses is basically killing people. And it's, to give you more background on this story, this movie is based on um, a book called I Heard You Paint Houses. So it's definitely going to be a prevalent thing in this movie. This is the real intriguing part, which I, I feel... Uh, before before we get into that, Pacino tells De Niro, "Big business and government—they're trying to pull us down." Uh, so I think that plays into the mo- the union president and the corruption that's going to be uh, told. But here's my my thing, and this may be part of what you're talking about—getting some background knowledge. So we see JFK posters and stickers um, being put up in in the trailer, and then we hear Pacino say. I know things they don't know I know. They don't know I know. I, I said that right, yeah. I think. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's Pacino saying it, which is Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Um, so after he says that, we then see what looks like the Kennedy assassination, followed by Pesci saying, you can't miss the big picture. This fucking blows my mind. So I'm sure there's conspiracy theories out there. I, there's a million conspiracy theories with the JFK assassination. 
I personally never heard this version of it, but I think there might be one where Jimmy Hoffa and Frank Sheeran have a part of it. And maybe we're going to get something to that effect in this movie. I don't know how big of a part it will be. I'm sure it has something to do with it, especially if it's the movie is three and a half hours long. Uh, we'll get into that talk in a minute. But what what's your take on the whole JFK element? Yeah, there's of this a lot movie? of like mob type conspiracy theories. You know, whether it was Sinatra having a a part in it. You know, there's just there's always been these rumors uh, that the Kennedys were linked to the mob mm-hmm. and, and pissed them off, um, especially with RFK. RFK, yeah, um, for sure. RFK. So. It'll be interesting, man. I uh, that anytime, just that anytime you tie in Kennedy, I'm here. Yeah, that adds a whole other element to the story, oh, though. I think it, it's just insane. I mean, you could you could have left that out of the trailer, and I still would have been so fucking excited for it. I mean, it's De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino in a mob movie directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, I'm 100 yeah. percent in. Yeah. But then you throw in the element of maybe they had something to do with it, the JFK assassination. Holy shit, bro! Yeah. This just is insane. So crazy. Um, let's get into the talk about the cinematography. How beautiful does the cinematography look? Not even the CGI, but just like the 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 sights. Yeah, no, it just looks um, like, like old two hundred million like, dollars. Yeah. It was well spent. No, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But then also the CGI. It just looked so morphed and so meshed into the real thing yeah it'll be interesting to see how like the de-aging stuff looks scene to scene shot to shot because sometimes that can be you know a little muffled but i'm sure they they've done enough that you're not really going to notice they've been working on this movie for years i'm sure it'll be pretty basically um we talked about the movie's runtime it was announced that it's going to be three and a half hours long it's a long fucking movie uh is this too long for you or do you want more uh definitely not more (laughs) three and a half is probably like the max you could do to like get people especially like i think like trying to sit down on your couch and stream this for three and a half hours like that's a lot. Like, well, I bet, at that I, point, you can pause and go take a piss break and yeah, all that. Yeah, but pausing, but, a, like, when you're watching something for the first time, that's hard. I know. I totally so, agree. But I, I get it. That's where three and a half hours makes me be like, yeah, I think I have to be in the theater for this. That's what I'm saying. And you think about uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. That's a three-hour movie. You think about Casino, which is another Scarsese mob movie. That's three hours long. So d- Scarsese tells his story the way he wants to tell it, the way it should be told. And that that's what when I when I saw that three and a half hours long, I'm like, give me give me it. I'll yeah. give me a six hour movie. Like I, I'm all here for it. I I fully trust Martin Scorsese that yeah. I, three and a half hours. I'm 100 percent okay with. Yeah, because you were under the I impression I was under the impression you thought like, damn, that's that's long. It when is you, long when it you is first long. see it. It is well. Listen, three and a half hours is long for fucking anything. Okay, true, true, but. I mean, it's a fucking football game. Yeah. Longer as, than a football long, game, maybe. As long as it, the storyline keeps a good pace, it's going to be one of those movies where you're like, that didn't feel like three and a half hours. Yeah. But if it's like, if I, I like think of like, if it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like that type pace, yeah, it's going to be a long fucking I don't, movie. I don't, I, I don't foresee it. So I don't foresee I don't, that. I don't think so either, but if it w- like yeah. followed that type of pace, yeah, that's a long <laughs> fucking time to sit <laughs> that there. That would be a long one. And I'd like to see the actual runtime on Once Upon a Time Hollywood because it was long as fuck. I think it, it was it felt two long. and a half. Yeah, um, 
I don't know. Do you have anything else on this movie? Like, uh, not really. One to ten. How excited are you? I, I'm a I fucking mean, I eleven. Know, I know you're. Yeah, I know you're maxed out. I mean, I'm excited. I'm not to the extent that you are, but I am excited. I'm excited to the point where I would fucking travel to see this movie, I bro. I mean, I'm a tag along, <laughs> but. If it's in KC, I'm down. I'm uh, about it. I'm uh, fucking about let's it. Let's do it. We're going we'll November some 8th, barbecue. baby. <laughs> That'd be lit. I, I'm so excited for this movie, man. I've been waiting years for this. And to see that with, with how great the trailer was, it just makes me even more excited for the movie. I just have – I fully trust Martin Scorsese. Straight. He's my movie idol. The fact that he pulled together um, these type of actors – and the fact that he's been working on like this movie was at Paramount for a long time and they were making it and then it got too expensive and the fact that all the moving parts come, came finally came together I'm just I'm I'm so excited I, I, it's going to be dope I can't wait so that's all for the Irishman um this can this part can kind of be brief but I just wanted to bring it up the Game of Thrones creators and writers David uh, Benioff and DB Weiss they signed a $300 million film and TV deal with Netflix. I think uh, it was a battle between a lot of streaming services. I think Amazon was uh, top two with Netflix, but they eventually signed with Netflix. Here's their joint statement. We've had a beautiful run with HBO for more than a decade, and we're grateful to everyone there for always making us feel at home. Over the past few months, we've spent many hours talking to Cindy Holland and Peter Friedlander, as well as Ted Sarandos and Scott Stuber. Uh, we remember the same shots from the same 80s movies. We love the same books. We're excited about the same storytelling possibilities. Netflix has built something astounding and unprecedented, and we're honored they invited us to join them. Um, I find this interesting uh, going back to our Netflix talk, the fact that they invest so much money into these prominent writers and directors makes me think Net Netflix is also here to stay. Um, I'm intrigued by this just because that's a lot of money and that is a big investment into a film and TV deal, which makes me think that they're going to get multiple projects, not just the Game of Thrones series where it runs. Maybe they do get a series, but... Um, I just think they're gonna have their hands in Netflix for a while now. Do you have Do you have any takes on Not this? Really. Do you think that Do you think that the the contract will be connected anyway? Like, do you think we'll get a series and then a movie about that series, or do you think it'll yeah. just be kind of different would, projects or what? Be different projects. I would agree too, but spread them out a little bit. But uh, who knows? I as much as as much for as much hate as the last season's Game of Thrones got has gotten. We have to remember that these are the creators of Game of Thrones that created season one, that created the rest of the seasons that we love. So these these guys are pros. These guys are they have a great track record. Yeah, they're you know people like to diss them for the last season, but these guys know what they're doing. And I mean Netflix paid them, so yeah, um, they they they're doing their thing. Yep. Okay, do we want to briefly touch on this uh, sports topic, or uh, do we want to save it, or do we not know enough about it? Maybe, maybe let's save it. Let's let's save it. I feel like it'd be a good three-peat discussion. Okay, just because. Okay, we 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 were, we were gonna talk. We were gonna talk the NFL and Jay Z's Rock Nation. 
Uh, we will keep it for potentially the three peat podcast. We'll get get Chase Minnesota's take on it. I ha- I have a few things to say, so um, we can do that there. Uh, do we want to do the Brad Pitt thing, or do we want to save that? So we've been toying with the idea. I don't know if if you guys are avid fans of the podcast, you know that we used to do. Um, should I I forgot draft dogs? Draft dogs. <laughs> we we did Working this fun. Title. We did this fun segment. Um, reoccurring that we did these little like drafts i'd like to bring it doesn't have to be specifically that but i'd like to bring like a fun segment where we brand had the idea of breaking down brad pitt's performances because he wanted to talk a little bit of once upon a time in hollywood and maybe delving into an actor actress's performances and maybe ranking them shit like that where it's kind of miscellaneous and fun maybe we can do that in uh podcast moving forward with that being said i know you wanted to talk about brad pitt i know we're kind of running long but do you want to yeah just briefly talk about that go ahead if brad pitt were to be nominated for an oscar for once upon a time in hollywood which i think would be rightfully so because i I, the more i think about it i I think brad pitt was incredible in once upon a time i think it's one of his better roles actually okay i think moneyball for me is like the best brad pitt yeah good I, i love moneyball so my question is, if he were nominated, do you think it would be best supporting or best actor? I personally think supporting you because think supporting. I think the lead goes to Leo. You think so? Yeah. Do you? I feel. Do you? Who do you think was on screen more? I don't, honestly don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd probably be pretty close. I think I could make the argument that Pitt could be nominated for best actor. Could they both be? I think they both could be. Yeah. Now I would think. If Pitt were nominated as supporting, I think he could actually win. I agree. Supporting actor. I don't think he can win best actor. I think Leo. I personally think Leo was you better so? in the movie than him. I I, I'll, I'll give you that he was good. Granted, I know in our initial reaction, unfiltered cinematics, I said something along the lines of like, I couldn't tell if that was the character or if that was his portrayal. I, I don't know. At first, I wasn't feeling him, but like thinking about it and letting it chew for a little bit. I mean, he, he killed it. I, I think Pitt was phenomenal. I I think Pitt was more of the main actor in that movie. than like, I think the storyline is more about Pitt than it is DiCaprio, which is weird because they follow DiCaprio's career, basically. Mm-hmm. But Brad Pitt is, like, the one that stirs the drink in that. Like, he's the one who runs into the Manson people. He's the one who basically fights off all of the, the Manson people. It's like... A lot of the storyline was following Pitt, and I, I think the mystery was around Pitt. Whether did he kill his wife? Did he not? You know, yeah. him fighting Bruce Lee. Did he not fight Bruce Lee? Like, I, I think there was more of a performance from from Pitt rather than DiCaprio. Fair, fair enough. I don't know. I just, I, I think that was DiCaprio's movie in terms of like, like the eyeball test. And I know that's kind of a cop out yeah. argument, the eyeball test, but like. I think I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie. I, but I could see DiCaprio winning Best Actor. Like that's it was a performance type movie for him. See, I think I think Pitt was better. I I really I don't know. Like, like Dica- I have to watch it again because DiCaprio be like kind of played not himself, but he played a movie star. Uh, like DiCaprio hasn't gone through the like decline that Rick Dalton did in the movie, but mm-hmm. he's playing a movie star. He's acting in a movie about movies where Pitt was like truly playing like a unique new 
like character and like truly had to make it his own. It's fair. Like I think of it this way. Could someone else have done what what Leo did in that role? Or is it like which one's likelier to be duplicated? The type of role that Leo or the performance that Leo delivered or the performance that Brad Pitt delivered? Because Brad Pitt's character just had that like Brad Pitt charm and like Did you know Tom Cruise was supposed to play that role? Yeah. Okay. We I think we talked about that, but But Tom Cruise doesn't have like the charm and like the witty like like I don't see that in him like I did with like with Brad Pitt. Yeah. I like, I, don't I think know. there are people who could have played Leo's role not as well because I mean Leo's top of the game. Mm-hmm. But almost as well to the point where yeah, he could have just, you know, that could have been a great role for someone. Sure. Um, what was I going to say? Has the movie, I know we've only seen it once, but yeah. like has in your mind, has the movie grown on you? It's grown in my mind. Um, the more I think, I've actually listened to a lot of different podcasts kind of talking about it, which helps because uh, I just pick up on some some nuances and yeah. things that, that you don't. But um, I would like to see it again. Um, probably not going to go see it again in theaters, yeah. but I would like to see it again. Because uh, I think it, it probably some of it was our expectation. I feel like yeah, totally. Um, which you know didn't match what it was. Um, some of it was just kind of impatience with the storyline. I think there was more there than maybe we originally thought. But I, I, I really like even when we left the theater, I thought Brad Pitt gave a, a tremendous performance. Leo too, but I thought Pitt was the star of the show. So I'll be curious to see if award ceremonies come out. They're both nominated. Yeah, if, if I, I respect the take category. I respect the take, but I gotta go, Leo. Because like even like um, Django, um, or in Glorious Bastards, where like Brad Pitt in Glorious Bastards is the lead actor, but Christopher Waltz is the one you remember. Yeah, and Django, uh, Leo was fucking phenomenal in that too. But Christopher Waltz and and uh, Jamie Fox were both incredible too. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a fun argument. That's the thing about uh, Tarantino movies is it's almost it really is like co-starring rather than star and. Yeah, totally, totally. I I don't know. I'd like to I I'd like to see it again to see yeah. if it grew on me at all because I have I mean all I've seen from like critic wise is like it's amazing it's yeah. the greatest thing ever. But I don't. I, I genuinely, I think it's just the style of movie that Tarantino yeah. style isn't my favorite. I appreciate it. The writing's great. Um, the character development is good. There's just the plot line. The plots are tough. I don't know. I, we'll have to see it again. But all right, all right. Is that is that That's the podcast? It. It was a long one. It was a it was a fun one. There was a lot to break down. Uh, th- if you're still rocking with us, we appreciate you. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, it, it was long, but. We had a lot to talk about. I'm sure uh, we'll build the we'll build up the the, the content for the next one too. But uh, three Pete, Don, and Gumas probably on the way. And uh, as always, I'm Trey Lessie of the Dawn of Entertainment, alongside Brandon the Concierge. And uh, stay safe. Oh, oh damn! Just kidding, just kidding. Damn, just kidding. Took my that, line. Th- no, that 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 isn't the end of the podcast. We're still <laughs> going. We're still talking. Wait, do you want to even talk, Jay Z? Uh, no, NFL. Okay, this is the end of the podcast now. Stay safe, <laughs> asshole. <laughs>